there. Okay. Hey, got guys. it. Up. <laughs> yeah. What's up, guys? Welcome to Dangerous Rhetoric. This is episode, what, 22? 22. 22. And we're here with a very special guest and an awesome friend of mine, uh, Andy Thomas of Black Crown Initiate. What's up, Andy? Welcome, welcome. Hi, guys. How are you? We're good, man. I'm, I'm happy that we're finally having, you know, a discussion. I've been dying to get you on the show and talk about not just your music, but certain things happening in the music industry and and other weird shit, because I know we're both into like a lot of weird shit. And yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm glad you didn't die. Take. So I had to come on. I didn't want you to die. <laughs> nah, we're not gonna die. We're good. We're good. We're good. Um, but yeah, so you guys, Black Crown, um, do you want to maybe tell people a bit about the band? Or maybe start sure. yourself and then go in into the band and how that came about. I mean, my name is Andy Thomas, obviously. Uh, I'm in sixth grade. <laughs> <laughs> no, I um so I I've always had an interest in music because of basically because of my parents. Like I, I didn't grow up in a household where people played too much. My dad had guitars around, but what you know, he's he knows all the cowboy chords and that's really it. <laughs> uh, but like I grew up with you know, my parents had great taste in music, both of them. Um, so I was just surrounded by cool shit, you know, Neil Young, Pink Floyd, uh, uh, Hendrix, you know, Mahavishnu Orchestra, Peter Gabriel, every, just everything you could fucking imagine. And uh, so that like, uh, that was just, uh, that was just what I cared about when I was young. I mean, same, and then, same, very similar for me. My uncle played guitar. My aunt played guitar. Like I had yeah. in the family, they loved Zeppelin. They loved Floyd. They loved Hendrix. Like Metallica. That's not to love. <laughs> they they introduced me to all that stuff. And yeah, yeah. And then and then I uh. So it's interesting. I I grew up in a city called Reading, Pennsylvania, as I might have said before. But like it was, it was it was not the it was not the most affluent place, and um, because of that, I think culturally it was very diverse which is which is a good thing and um I remember I had it my when I was nine years old my dad was like do you want a guitar and I said yeah and so he bought me one and I just let it sit in the attic for like three years but I was walking down the street the one day and I heard these dudes in their house just playing like Slayer and Metallica riffs and I was like what the fuck is that <laughs> so I walked up to their door I was like I get I was 12 at the time I walked up and I knocked on their door and they turned out to be these dudes who were 16 and 18, Diego and Jorge, and they were from Colombia. And um, I just love metal. It's big. Uh, they really do. Yeah. And I, so I, I went to their door, this little kid with a bowl cut. And I was like, will you teach me how to play guitar? And they were like, yeah, sure. <laughs> nice. so, so I was going over there and like their mom would cook us Colombian food. And like, they, uh, they taught me how to play. And I would, you know, learn Slayer riffs and Metallica riffs for whom the bell tolls. I remember when I could play that, like, I was like, dude, I'm bad. Like, I got, you know, and um, that's like, like when I first learned Chop Suey by system, I was like, oh, yeah, you're like, yo, I'm fucking that to the bone. But like they so they, they would like take me salsa dancing and shit when I was 12 at these clubs that I wasn't supposed to be in, like real, real fun stuff. Love it. Um, but so I learned how to play. I got into heavy metal and I, well, importantly, they gave me four albums in one day they gave me master of puppets rain and blood uh arise by sepultura and slowly we rot by obituary wow and i got all those in one day and i was like yeah yeah and i was like i was just like yeah this is uh okay i guess i like heavy metal so i actually got my dad into heavy metal then because he was into like you know all the shit that he raised me on so like my my family's just been 
along for the ride with with everything. I'm very close with my family. Yeah. Um, but I started a Black Crown Initiate in two th- God. 2011 uh, something i think it was 2012 to be honest because i think that when did crippled bull come out 2013 and that's why i think it was 2012 because it was 2012 james nick and i were playing in a band and it was like a tech death band kind of and i i've never liked that kind of stuff so i just thought i I had a necro necrophagist phase and oh me too yeah oh yeah i I think when anyone who heard that stuff when it first came out was like wow this shreds yeah for sure um Brent's like, I have no idea. So, <laughs> uh, well, Tool is a band that I saw with my dad many, many times. But um, I've not seen Tool yet. Truth be so. told, this is Daniel's shirt. Yeah. He's chasing. You're a thief. Okay. Okay. He's posing right now. Totally posing. Oh, man. That's. I, he, we'll we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I I, uh, I was playing in that band with, with Nick and James, the two guys that, that started the band with me. And uh, I was just like, I remember I would say like, Hey, we should put like a clean guitar here. And it was just like, no, we're not doing that, man. So I was like, okay, well, I should probably start my own band. Yeah. (laughs) So I talked to, I talked to James and um, I had the idea long before, I think I talked to him about the the idea for the band in like maybe 2010 or 11. And um, we just started writing music in my parents' basement. That's that's that's, how it starts for most, you know? So we put, we were, I paid to record, well, we, we recorded the EP. I paid for it out of my pocket because I was just basically like, I'm going to record one real album in a studio and then probably go get a factory job or some shit. And uh, that kind of, I mean, it, to say it took off, like it didn't, like I'm, I have no money still, but it, you know, it got us, got us attention and we started. It worked. To- it worked. And, you know, I'm living proof of that. I heard of you guys because of that EP. When yeah. that came out, I was yeah. in college. You know, I was very, I was very much always into progressive metal and g- genre bending styles of music mm-hmm. that are taking different things and trying to fuse them together. And so, anytime I came across something like that, I didn't care how big or famous the band was. Was the music stuff, right. you know, did it appeal to me? Sure. I, I, I used to listen to that EP on like repeat. <laughs> so. I'm still, you know, I'm still very proud of that, man. I think awesome. It's a great composition. I think besides our latest album, that EP is probably still my favorite. Because I just, it's weird to me to look back on it because I don't know how it happened. And like, it just kind of, it's such a weird thing. I just was like, yeah, I'm going to do, I don't, I don't even know. It's just like, it was very impulsive. The themes are are a big part of what struck me about that EP, not just, Uh not just the music, because obviously the music is awesome and I want to hear something awesome, but this idea of the yugas, I thought maybe we could get into a bit, um, you know, in, in, uh, Indian mythology, there's the Kali, sure. which is kind of what the record is based on. Where we are. <laughs> yeah, it's like this sort of dark age, and the yugas are typically described yeah. or symbolized as a bull. And, right. you know, when you're in the golden age, the bull is on all four legs. and then He's got all of his walkers. He's walking on, standing tall. And then the silver age, he's sort of down on one leg. And yeah. then, what is it, the bronze after that? Bronze, yeah. And, and then, then the he's, iron. He's two, and then when you get to the iron age, he's just on one leg, he's about yep. to collapse. Yep. And so when I heard that line, you know, the, the crippled bull of discord, wrath and avarice will yeah. find its way into another age. I'm just like, who the fuck is this guy? What is he doing? <laughs> what is he doing? I, was, I was drunk in my parents' basement. <laughs> I'm like, he's clearly reading and thinking about some interesting things. And that's going into the music. And, you know, yeah. 
as much as I'm an artist, I'm also very much an intellectual. You know, I love books. I love to read. I like to study. And I like to see music that's not just, you know, deep in an emotional way, but right. also is intellectually deep, is, is touching on like serious, heavy topics. And well, I feel like you do that well. The artists and the intellectuals will go first. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be up against the wall, man. We better be careful. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I hope not, but you know, who the fuck knows, but yeah, I mean, so you guys did that EP and then yeah. that sort of, we won't say took off, but got you guys the attention that mm -hmm. I guess you need it to get your, yeah, life. we had, we found ourselves on tour with behemoth. That's which, crazy, man. Like see, that, that, it, it sure was. Yeah. Sounds like, I, I don't know if Brent knows who behemoth is, but they're like one of the biggest metal bands. Yeah, I feel like people hear of them, even if they don't know who they are, you know, they're, they're huge. Like, I've, seen, I've seen them live a couple of times and, they're intense yeah if you're yeah. christian you won't like it <laughs> yeah for sure but i you know I, like our first show opening for behemoth was actually where i live now but i didn't live here then uh which is arizona and um it's almost symbolic too that you like well it was because my my current significant other was at that show um wow she and she's also from reading interesting out here what the hell are the chances of that well, that was, that was in a lot, you know, I would tell the story off, off the interview, but that's how we ended up together, basically, wow. in a long roundabout way. But, um, so we ended up on tour with Behemoth, and that, like, I think the first show that we played out here, opening for them, there were 600 people there or so, and I, that was like my 13th live show ever, and I totally blew it. Wow. Because I was just, like, fucking mortified. Um, and it took, it took me a while to get over that. What do you mean like, blew it? What's that? What do you mean blew it? Oh, just like shaking with stage. I have I I have very bad stage fright. Yeah. Although I, over the years I've I've come to find ways to deal with it, but it's uh, and it's hard to get up there. I've played shows, so I you know I, you know I play drums. Yeah. It's nerve wracking to get up there and to you know yeah put your soul out in front of people and you don't know how they're going to receive it either. So. You, you really have to find a way to get over yourself somehow. And the, the fortunate thing about playing live is it's kind of an excuse to forget that you exist for a little while. And if you can, if you can, uh, if you can embrace that, then that helps a little bit, but it's still, it's It'll still yourself a bit in the music and that yeah. is beautiful. Yeah. About it, yeah. yeah. And it's, and it's like basically a period of time that you can do whatever you want, which we're all looking for. Yeah. It's why we love concerts and, and music so much. Yeah. Yeah. There's almost, there's almost something religious about it. You know, I've been to concerts, so many concerts, and have had these, like, collective euphoric experiences with complete strangers, you know? like 100%. People who I've, like, had next to me just rocking out, enjoying themselves just as much as I am, and, like, we're, like, buddies for, like, that hour, yeah. that two mm -hmm. hours, and I never, I didn't even get their names, you know? It's, yeah, I, I actually, about a week ago, well, when was it? It was last Saturday. I went and saw King Crimson. Nice. And uh, at the show, I don't know if you know much about King Crimson, but Robert Fripp, the main guy for decades, has been very opposed to any type of filming or, or picture taking at his shows because he believes that a live experience is to be experienced without uh, any, anything like that. And it's cool because like what they do now over the over the like he used to take people's film and shit out of their cameras and refuse to start the show again until <laughs> um, but like but they do a thing now where they at the end of the show at the very end they all take pictures of the crowd and then they allow the crowd to take pictures of them 
as as a way to say if you keep your phones away the whole show at the end you can have all the pictures you want that's cool. and it was really cool because i re- it was all, it was the first real show i've been to in fucking however long this hell has lasted i haven't even but been like, to one yet man so. yeah but like it was wild because i realized like that that is actually like the way to be because like i i didn't have my phone i was just experiencing the show and you didn't have that shit or some idiots in front of you with yeah. the phone like you know and no, it's like i'm guilty i've taken videos at shows before so. well, yeah but it's like but it's like people that like film the whole show right yeah. in front of you it's like, like, dude, like, wow, call. yeah yeah it's it so like without the without the cameras it, I, I enjoyed that i get why they do that yeah i understand it too and it's not the first time i've heard of it i've i've seen other bands and stuff who said similar things like yeah put the phones away and um i don't know if opeth was one of those bands but probably a good transition to talk a bit about opeth because sure. like uh they're definitely like a big influence i think on on your sound and uh-huh. i'm not gonna say you guys sound like opeth but when i listen to your music i can hear the homage to bands like opeth who very much laid the ground you know for mm-hmm. bands like you to exist because like you said earlier like you were in your earlier band and you're like, hey, I just want to put a clean part here. No, that's, yeah, yeah. Not, that's not true. And I grew yeah. up with that, man. I grew up with a lot of metalheads. I had a lot of metalhead friends. And, you know, they would shun, some of them, not all of them, would shun clean singing, shun the pretty parts and things like that yeah. in metal. And it was why, like, bands like Between the Bear to me always appealed to me because sure. they were like, fuck all that. They were, from the very beginning, from their first record they were doing the clean singing doing uh-huh. all that and mixing it with the heavy with the intense but i think opeth is very much i don't want to say the band that laid the groundwork for that because you also have bands like cynic who were doing it before they were that's true that is true and and even death despite the fact that they didn't have the clean singing they still had those very pretty melodic yes parts. and so it's like it that stuff's been there since the beginning of death yes. so i found it kind of interesting that this whole culture evolved that shunned it. And it's like, I think that has been broken down now, but at the time that I was a teenager and growing up, yes, there was definitely a divide between the metalheads who wanted their metal to stay pure and true. And for sure. And the ones who were like, no, let's experiment. Let's mix other genres into this. So, well, I mean, Opeth. Yeah. Like cynic was really an outlier in that they were really far ahead of their time. Yes. So Um, far ahead like focus I another man another man like that would be mashuga you know because they yeah. like put out they put out fucking destroy race and prove in 95 and people yep. are still trying to do that yes yeah that's why Devin oh, yeah line in deconstruction you know while we all have lots we of all rip bands, off from sugar yeah while we all have lots of bands who influence us still we all rip off from sugar and it's yeah. true because yeah. you know and i would add opeth to that in, in my opinion. well that's the thing like i I remember I was in Wildwood, New Jersey at the, hey. yeah, at the, it was at the shore. My parents and my whole family used to, just the four of us, that's my whole family. But like we used to go. <laughs> I have a small one too, so. Yeah, we used to go to the, to the Wildwood, we used to go to Wildwood Crest every summer and just spend a week in the Adventurer Hotel, I remember, which is the first hotel at the very, at the very start of the boardwalk. And um, I remember I was on the boardwalk and I got a guitar magazine, which would have probably been guitar player at the time. And in it, it had this article about Opeth. And I was just like, you know, I like, I had heard, obviously I had heard Metallica. I love Metallica. I love Sepultura, Slayer, all that stuff. And then Opeth, it was just like, cause like 
started to hear about this stuff called extreme metal. And I was like, that's, that sounds cool. That sounds extreme. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they were about to release Blackwater Park. And uh, I got what Blackwater Park. Record, man. That's the record. The record. So like the day that it came out, I bought it and I didn't listen to anything else like at all. And the, this is the only other record when I first heard Injustice for All when I was a kid, I didn't listen to anything else for about a year. I did the same thing with Blackwater Park. Like nothing. There wasn't anything else that I listened to. I was at the 10 year anniversary tour for Blackwater Park. And yeah, I, I saw I the first time I saw them at that concert. They no. took the whole record and it was just euphoric. It's awesome. Oh, and by the time you get to the end of Blackwater Park, you're like, wow, that, let's, let's do that again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, um, but I think I agree. It's definitely like that's the their pinnacle, in my opinion. And and they have so much great records, you know, like yeah. I think still life record, honestly. Blackwater Park. Yeah, still life is great. But what's what's interesting is the way I got into Opeth wasn't through their heavy stuff at all. The first record I ever heard from them was Damnation. Damnation's awesome, yeah. dude. And you know, I had a friend, uh, my friend Manny introduced me to that when I was, I was like 16, I think, when we were getting into this stuff. And yeah, he, he introduced me to that record. I'm like, damn, this is sad and depressing. And 16 yeah. old, sad, <laughs> angsty, depressed me. Like, oh. yeah. And then, you know, I listened to, uh, I think it was Ghost Reveries afterward. I love that album too. And I was like, holy fuck, this band. You know, I've been a fan ever since. I've seen them a lot. I've seen them quite a few times. So, Still Life, Blackwater Park, Deliverance, Damnation, and Ghost Reveries. Those albums are some of my favorite albums ever and like that's really the, the period those those that book ends the period of opeth that i'm like heavily interested in although i i do appreciate everything they've done i and like that, i do like air apparent oh you, the watershed watershed that's what i yeah. meant watershed. that's so that's just air apparent it's just like oh. air apparent is bad to the bone but yeah. that album that album yeah. i feel is a bit just for me it's just like a bit meandering yeah, and I mean, I think I think there are some tracks on it though that just wow, they really stand out to me. Like Lotus Eater, I think is such a like that's one of their best tracks in my opinion. I should probably listen to yeah. it again. It's a great album. It's a great album. Um, but yeah, there, there's a couple stuff in it. Like I think Burden was like the ballad song on there, which is a little. Yeah. It's still a good song. I guess maybe some of the material on that record does feel a little like Opeth covering Opeth, maybe. <laughs> but I feel like. That's after that, they really changed a lot, you know. They were, and I think that's probably why that album yeah. is that way, because he just—I think he got tired of doing what he was doing. Yeah, you but know? it's still, despite that, you know, like Air Apparent, Lotus Eater, like I, those tracks are like serious. Well, tracks. and Air Apparent, I mean, that was like where it was like, hey, everybody, here's Frederick Ackerson, or however you say his last name. Yeah, and uh, that dude's awesome. Well, that so, was like, also that solo came in. It was like okay. watershed i'm looking up now because i can't remember his name watershed was also the last record that they had martin lopez on drums and yes it is yeah so that that's another reason why like i think their sound started to shift more but the newer guy um that they had on there i forgot was it was martin axenrod wasn't on watershed he was that was the first record that was was the first one that he did okay first one so like they they changed drummers and that does that does do a lot to a band sound you oh, know fucking a it does man another good example of that i can think of is um year of the black rainbow from coheed and cambria they had Chris okay. Penny, 
you know, write it's the funny he's playing Dillinger. Yeah. yeah. So he wrote the drums for that record. And it's like, yes, it's a Coheed record, but when you listen to it, it it's heavier in many ways than some of their other stuff. Right. And a part of that is just, I feel like the, the drummer almost forced the band to have to do something else because they had a drummer like that. That's your, that's your spine, you know? So, yeah. and then, you know, he only did the one record and then they got Josh back. And they went, I think, more back into their more traditional kind of Coheed sound. And that record I do find is kind of like overlooked, perhaps. And it's one of my personal favorites just because the drumming stands out so much from, right. from their other albums. Right. Yeah. But yeah, we're kind of meandering into music here. Let's let's get back. It's all good. Let's get back to uh, Andy. So you guys did Crippled Bull and then mm -hmm. Career, you know, you, you opened for, for Behemoth and then your second record, right? Yeah. Well, first, first real record, I guess. Your record of stars. Record of stars. Yeah, because that was an EP. We did that, but that's we were about to release. And interesting to note, when we did that Behemoth tour, we were unsigned. So it makes it was, more impressive too. That like yeah, it was it was a wild time, dude. It was like wow, this is this is weird. We were like fucking following Behemoth around there in a tour bus. We had like an eighteen hundred dollar van that like leaked exhaust into into the fucking. <laughs> It was, it was really bad. Yeah. I don't think people understand the fucking struggle that bands have to go through to get their name out there, man. It's like, Dude, we literally saw our... We didn't have... A, a, the van didn't have a passenger seat in it. So our, our, our merch guy, who's a dear friend of ours named Stefan Lopez, he's a wonderful human being, he, uh, he would sleep in the wheel well and just, just get like... He's just breathing exhaust the entire fucking thing. And but we would like <laughs> we still laugh about this. We would stack <laughs> like you know, you go on tour, you have all these like everybody's books that they want to read on tour, even though you never read on tour. You just you're like, I'm gonna bring a book and read it, and you never do. I got but some. Like, <laughs> but like you should, but I just it never happens. You're like, I'm gonna go explore this town or get drunk or whatever, yeah. and then you don't read the book. But um all the books, if we would break real hard, they would just fly off of the off of the fucking thing onto Stefan's head while he was sleeping. And we would just like <laughs> still, I still laugh about that. Cause like poor guy got like probably got concussed, you know. But um, yeah, it was just oh, so man, no, that's what makes it so fun, you know, despite yeah. despite how hard it is to be on the road as a musician, like it's those little like stories that you never like forget, you know. Yeah, I mean, I I have I've I'm a lucky person to to have gotten to experienced a lot of the things I have um so yeah I mean we just continued to to make albums and and uh you know tour and as 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 most as a lot of bands find it, it gets very difficult to balance interpersonal relationships and professional relationships and then deal with the predatory nature of the music industry yeah and just especially if you're just a young dude who like you know, as I just explained to you, like, I was just a guy who, like, I was like, man, I like playing guitar. So you don't pick up the guitar because you're like, I want to be a businessman. <laughs> so, like, all these guys that, like, don't aren't good at anything except manipulating and exploiting other people are just like, hey, I, I'll be your friend. And you're like, cool, let's be friends. And then they're like, ah, actually, I meant I'm going to fuck your life up real bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's you know that's the short the short end of it but you're still lucky to get to do it it's just you have as you get older you know hopefully hopefully you don't get the uh the will to continue to do what you do fucked out of you and if you if you can make it past that then then you you know 
you get to a point where you can kind of start to see things before they happen or whatever. Yeah, it's not it's not easy. I think uh, Brent Hins wrote like an opinion piece or there was an interview he had done and metal injection and he talked a bit about the music industry and how predatory it is. But, but yeah, Mastodon's another great band. So absolutely. I saw them in the first time I saw them was in 2003 and they were touring on. I think they were just about to put Le- Leviathan out or That's they just great. had. And I saw them, really? in, I saw them in Asbury Park, New Jersey nice. at the convention oh, yeah. center. And uh, it was the 2003 New Jersey Metal and Hardcore Festival, which was a show that I think only happened once. And it was insane, dude. It was Strapping Young Lad, Devin Townsend yeah. Band, Mastodon. Wait, Morbid Devin Angel, played two DSI. sets? Yeah, Devin played two sets. <laughs> Morbid, Morbid Angel, Deicide, Hate Eternal, Typo Negative, Cradle of Filth. Uh, it was insane, dude. And I, just, like, that, I, can't, I didn't know he even did a show where he did two yeah. sets. He's like, yeah, I'm going to do my solo band and strapping at the same time. Work yeah, it was, it, was three, it was three days long. And it was at the convention center. And it was I, my dad and I just stayed in a hotel and went every day. And it was fucking rad. Hell yeah. But uh, what was my point with that? Oh, Mastodon. So <laughs> I saw them. Just and I remember as a kid being like, wow, that's rad because like they just like crawled out of the shitty van like we did, you know, and they're not doing that anymore, which is crazy, you know, to to think that that's that is where most of these bands start. They crawl out of their shitty van. They crawl out of that garage or that basement. And Mastodon's very, you know, they're one of the few metal bands to really take the genre and to put it on the map to get it that recognition, you know, that I I won't into their politics or anything. Well, you know, the thing about politics is you should be able to freely discuss them and disagree and still like people for it. Yeah. Yeah. That seems to have been lost, but it's been lost. Yeah. Who did we see them with? Was that Coheed? So, yeah, I Yeah, I was at that tour in Arizona. Yeah. I brought I brought Brent to that one. I was like, we got to go to the show, go with me. So, yeah. Yeah, like it's funny cuz like Lucretia, my girlfriend is is a big Coheed fan and I'm a big Mastodon fan. I never was a huge Coheed fan. It's not that I don't like it, it's just I never I never spent any time with it. So when I was when I was younger and still more like, oh, metal has to be true or whatever. Right. Or more along those lines. I, you know, bands like Kogi, I couldn't stand them. I was like, ah, how old are you, Dan? I'm thirty. Okay, so Lucretia is thirty as well, and I'm thirty-five. So, so I think it has to do with the fact that I'm five years older, and I basically like didn't I it was it wasn't even on my radar. Yeah, I knew about it. I just I wasn't into it. But then right. it was end of high school for me my senior year my old friend Shanair showed me a live concert recording it was a dvd that we put on so we got stoned and we watched this dvd and it was coheed live at uh starlin ballroom and i was blown away i was like wow these yeah it's a really impressive they fight they fucking rock and since then i was i was a fan you know i give them their due i'm still a fan just yeah they're they're freaking uh <clears throat> post today <laughs> <laughs> yeah i briefly saw that i don't really know exactly what it was, was it just they're just, saying hey keep everyone safe i can pull it up get the shot blah 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 it's just like okay all i posted was like nah i'm good i just put a comment on their post i was just like nah i'm good and then bam people start coming at me like oh well then stay away from us or you shouldn't be allowed to go and right right and it's just like i'm responding to these people i'm like guys I'm healthy. I've been healthy this oh, entire yeah. time. I, I think, haven't gotten yeah. anyone sick. There's no evidence I've gotten anyone sick. 
So I think you're, like, I'm like, listen to you people. You're, you're sounding like authoritarians. Like, do you even hear yourselves? You're basically saying others should be treated like second-class citizens. And I had someone yeah. back at me like, well, it's not about your rights. It's your, you're, you know, you're hurting other people by not getting it and blah, 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 blah. And then some other person came up to me and was like, um, basically said, yes, you, you are a second-class citizen. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like you scratch these people a little bit and their true colors come out but it's really one of them like literally i went onto his page and he looked like fucking melted ice cream i'm like you're, <laughs> like, you're over here trying to dictate <clears throat> to others about what they should be doing for their health right. and it's like you you should stop eating trash and go go for a fucking jog or something like well that that is a very very huge issue that a lot of people rightfully have i think is yeah. the fact that throughout this entire thing no one has been pushing health actual health yeah. no one's been pushing exercise get vitamin d take vitamins eat healthy you know it's yeah. like they're giving away well yeah you have but i'm saying you know like the authority you know, the people the, the mainstream saying, yeah to care about their health yeah um and it's just like not just the state hollywood too you know the yeah. celebrities the blue check marks like nothing well it's like dude like i had i mean about a month and a half ago i had I got pneumonia that that they say was from COVID and I you know I literally was prescribed ivermectin and a whole host of vitamins and the and within a day I was better wow so like Good. anyone that says that that doesn't work I have firsthand experience that that's not true yeah and that's also a dangerous subject right here but Look, oh, okay. not going to advocate anyone get, you know, talk to your doctor about the... what works for you. Fair, fair, fair. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm just saying that it worked for me. No, I mean, yeah, look, no, we, we, that's perfectly valid. We have talked about it on the show and other treatments like that, but also just different things you can do for your health to build up your immune system. And it's insane that it is now a controversial thing. Well, yeah, you just like people, you have options to, you have other things you can do for your health. You probably don't have to just do this. Sweat regularly through increasing your heart rate and eat vitamins. <laughs> yeah, vitamin D is so important. Yeah. And it's one thing that's really been critically lacking in this entire discussion. And I, in the very beginning, I think it was probably March or April or, or May, I was kicked off of Twitter because I mentioned two studies that showed that vitamin D and vitamin C having higher levels in your system improved outcomes or uh, prevented people from, from really acquiring the infection in the first place. And I was banned for off of Twitter for two weeks. Somebody reported the tweet. Because what you were saying wasn't threatening, I guess. Not, they, yeah. they call it medical misinformation. Right. Yeah. You're not allowed to, you're not allowed to mention any alternatives to the shot, basically. Like you can't say, Hey, do this instead of this. Uh, well, I mean, I think that's like how people think, get the shot. That's totally freaking fine. Like, I have to say, and this is just my personal opinion and whatever that's worth to anybody is whatever. But like, as far as like these bands that are, how do I put it? You know, Bending the petitioning, petitioning people to do anything that they're told so that we can have live music back. That is so short-sighted that I don't know what to do because this isn't about, I mean, the majority of people, even though another portion of people will argue that this isn't the case, but the majority of people have done everything that they were told to do this entire time and they haven't gotten anything back. Yep. Because that's not how this works. Uh -huh. and it's just these, it's, 
these bands, they don't realize that they're really only hurting themselves because like free, well, art that isn't simply paintings of guys in military uniforms exists only, quality art exists only in a society that isn't where, in a society where free exchange of thoughts and ideas is encouraged. Yeah. You can't have quality art where there's only one perspective allowed. That's when you get paintings of guys in military uniforms and that's art. Look at Soviet art, look at Nazi art. It's very boring art. It is, yeah. And like, like to say, just do whatever you're told so that we can have entertainment back. It's not. Well, you're not going to have a career in the long term if you don't fucking stand up for yourself. They, they don't get it, man. Like I've been trying and you see that I've been trying, but it's just like yes. they really don't understand and they don't realize that it's just like they're turning against the people like us who just want people to have a choice. That's it. Right. That's it. Right. You know, well, I mean, that's it, it's the choice. Pro- the propaganda is so heavy. It's yeah, convinced it all these people that we're not back to normal because of people like us. It's not which, it's how much it's so fucked. <laughs> how, how much lack of self-reflection or I don't even know what it is, but like to, to, to say, okay, I gave in at every, uh, point where I was asked to. I gave up my job. I gave up my ability to see my loved ones. I I put on a mask. I closed my business. I uh, got jabbed. I did everything and nothing has changed. And the goalposts are continuously getting moved. And somehow that's the fault of the people who suggested that maybe that wasn't a good idea in the first place. Or healthy. Like a lot of these people, most of them are healthy. And this is, it's just, they're treating healthy people like they're infection vectors. And that's, I find something really sick and evil about that. Well, I mean, people who aren't sick, like they're sick. It's nuts. It's, it's, it's really, it's really twisted. But I mean, that's like, it's inversion. It's psychological projection. It's every, I mean, it's, it's just like, there's a lot going on there. There really is. There really is. Like, and it's just it's segregated. At what point at what point do you realize that you did it to your fucking self? Yeah, exactly. And that the only way that man, I don't know. It's just yeah, you did it to yourself. Yeah. Yeah, Manchowson by proxy is actually a mental illness where you convince a party that that's healthy, that they are they're ill and they need to be, you know, kept at home or isolated. That's what a lot of mothers do that, don't they? Yeah, they, yep. it's like yeah. the uh, the controlling Total mother state. sort of archetype, yeah. the, the 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 clasping mother who's like too afraid to let go. Like that's kind of like one of the manifestations of it. And you see it in film. I think it was in the most recent It movie. There's like one kid who's like the mom's always trying to convince him yeah. to be sick, and then he like yeah. he's like taking placebo or whatever. That's yeah, Munchausen by proxy. Yes, by proxy. Yes, okay. Yes, right. That's what it is. It was also very trendy in mid 20th century Germany for in in Nazi propaganda Mm -hmm. to convince the entire population that the Jews were vectors of illness and disease. Oh, yeah, for sure. So to see that's up again, it's very. Yeah, I mean, so I have a degree in history. Somewhere in there, I got a degree in history as well. I don't but um, Oh, I did not know that. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. So uh, now I understand it now. Hmm. Yeah. So like. 
I think it's, you know, we have to be careful because like you don't like when people say it's happening again, like you have to be careful with that because history doesn't happen in a vacuum. So like it happened then because of, and, and that specific it happened then because it was then. And there's a lot of characteristics that, you know, kind of came together and made that storm what it was. Yeah. So this isn't that. So when people go, this is Nazi Germany, that, and that's like the thing that, 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 that people that don't want anybody to speak out use a lot, though. They're like, well, you can't. It's so disgusting to compare it. And I have to say that it, there's some definite comparisons. And basically, when you have a society, as far as I'm concerned, and I think this has been the case the entire time for me, uh, when you have a society where free speech is no longer encouraged, you don't have a society that's worth a fucking fuck. Yeah, I agree. I agree. There, so there, there's a phrase that I read somewhere in a meme years ago, like a political cartoon. I don't remember where the hell I read it, but ever since I read it, it stuck with me. There's the old saying, old saying that, you know, history repeats itself. And mm-hmm. this political cartoon, they had the saying like, you know, history doesn't repeat itself, but it certainly does rhyme. And I found I found that to be far more accurate of a statement because it's true. And it's like what you're saying. It's like, yes, the time period we're living now is not the same, obviously, as Nazi Germany. Clearly, that was very specific to its time period. And, you know, technology was different. A lot of things was different back then. But that does not mean that there aren't certain things that are characteristically similar um, to what was happening in the early 20th century that's happening now so i I don't think it's you know i understand why people are like oh you can't compare the situations they're not the same and some people get offended by that perhaps you know for example what happened to gina carano like they canceled her off the mandalorian all this because i don't even think she really did anything no she made a holocaust comparison because she was like you know it's similar right this fear she was saying is the same with the guy from mumford and sons he said that that book was a good book about about the dark roots of antifa and now it's like yeah people don't even do anything and i think he backtracked on that stuff too and they tried to cancel him and it's like yeah i have to look into verify that but those people i don't have respect for either it's just like look if you're going to make these statements have some backbone stand behind what you're saying i think what happened i watched it i watched an interview with that guy the other day because i wanted to kind of uh you know, get a feel for what he was going through and stuff. And I think what happened is like, I think, because when you get into a situation like that and you're a public figure, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fucking whirlwind. And like, I think what happened is people started coming after him and coming after his band and coming after his family. And when that happens to you, I think oftentimes people, people don't know what to do. Yeah. So your first inclination is, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Or, you know, I, I, I didn't, I didn't mean what I said, or, or I'm here's, or you clarify, or you try to try to make it easier on people because you know that you didn't intend to hurt anyone. Yeah. And like, then that's not good enough. Or people on the opposite side of the spectrum start attacking you and your band and your family. And I think what happened to that guy is, is he really got fed up with a lot of it. And I think he just said, it would be better that I step down and just do my own thing. And I, and I, it's funny because like, I think he was saying that now he realizes that he didn't do anything wrong. And that gives you a, that gives him sort of closure on the whole thing, I think, because like, 
what could you have done? What could you have done to prevent your life from being ruined for not doing anything wrong? Yeah. There's nothing you can do. But it's why I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's better to just not bend a knee and back down and to not apologize. I, I agree with because, you. Because look what you said, you know, you apologize and it's not enough. It's never good enough. It doesn't matter. Like from blood there. in the water. Yeah, they're, they're still going to come for you. They're still going to try to cancel you. So it's like at that point, it's just look like what are your principles? Stand by them. And mm-hmm. I wish, you know, I wish more more bands and musicians and artists in general were doing that. But I do understand the other side of it you know i know this was really hard for you to do to come in yeah and And i have a lot of friends that i talk to a lot of them a lot of them in the music industry that feel the same way and they just are afraid of having that you're ruined which i understand but as i I said to you earlier if you if you that's very short-sighted because we're about to maybe not about to but we're heading towards inheriting a society that isn't worth existing in yep so uh, they, they think all, you know, if they just give one more inch, one more inch, one more, we'll <laughs> finally go back to normal. And, you know, like, it's what you got no more inches. Uh, it's not <laughs> yeah. true. You, you know, you give an inch, they take a mile and they take more. These authorities, these people in power, they're not going to give it up. They're not. They're not. Well, they, and that's been that's been the most maddening. Finding more reasons to to lock things down if they have to. And and they're clearly not going to let up on pushing this sort of medical apartheid because i don't know what else to call it when you start labeling people well, in new york i believe in the way. excelsior pass comes into effect uh september 13th or 16th i heard 16th. yeah it's around then and so if you want to buy or sell in any store Crazy. then they're going to be asking for two things your your excelsior pass which is like a qr code on your phone and also your identification to verify that you are the don't rightful owner fuck that not going so, to any concerts I mean, anymore over there it's it's scary like you guys are, are you going back on tour soon right yeah i mean how's soon... that how's that been well you planning well i guess maybe start yeah. a bit too of how that tour got canceled initially right it's like you guys put this new record out which we didn't even talk about yet violent portrait right. escape <laughs> like your shirt yeah. but... thank you thank you <laughs> so you guys put this record out and was it august 2020 i don't remember it was <laughs> Summer of 2020, right in the middle of these lockdowns, you know? Yeah, that was a kick in the fucking balls. Man. I know, dude. We were talking at the time, and it's just, I was, I was feeling it for you, man, because it's just like, I was trying, yeah. I was trying to put myself in, in your situation and think like, man, if I was Andy right now, it's like, whoa, my band just got signed to Century Media, one of the biggest records in, late, in, in metal, you know? We just mm-hmm. put out, record labels, we just put out this new album, right, which might be our, our most, like, innovative piece that we've done it took so us three far. fucking years to right. write you know this, this this difficult thing that we completed this task and we had a whole tour lined up and now all of a sudden the powers that be come in they're like nope pull all that from you yeah fuck your tour fuck your art fuck your music you know yeah close everything down keep <clears throat> everyone safe make these sacrifices and look it's like 18 19 months later and it's like now well, that's yeah or and, and that's the thing is at the time i think there was an element of grace that was just yeah. like okay well sure you know this is what this is what's happening and and we'll see because at the beginning nobody knew what was going on although i have to say that pretty shortly thereafter i had my suspicions yeah but, uh, <laughs> yeah i mean we but, were a little precautious in the beginning and in, in march we were sure. wearing like yeah. we were wearing masks and stuff it was still cold outside so it was fine and then i, I happened to get a bunch of n95 masks just for like the winter for yeah. 
uh, Daniel and my sister. And oh, friend. and at that time, no one was wearing that. Yeah, yeah, it was funny because we, when we were wearing the mask in New York, it was very uncommon to yeah. see them. And then right. right about the time when it started to get warm was when the government started telling everybody to do it. And right. that was when I stopped. Because yeah. I was and then people like, looked at us weird for not wearing them. So it's like, it's a loony event. But we Lucretia and I had, a, had about four days where I because I it was like right at the beginning where I was like we you you have to like you have to like take a shower as soon as you come in the house you have to, you know, and, you, and you have to wash your hair every day which girls don't do and uh you know and she was like she was like yeah okay man and then after like four days she was like you think maybe you're overreacting here and I was like yeah probably and then you know important to have yeah. a in behind you to like remind you sometimes yeah like hey dude you're being <laughs> being kind of an asshole idiot here yeah um which you know maybe maybe everyone and maybe a lot of people could use oh, the in their lives when you're but, um, bombarded by all of these signals and all of these messages and all of this yeah fear porn fear propaganda it's understandable i get it look i don't hold it against yeah people. i i mean it's you know i get it yeah well, a lot of what's still happening now is just rooted in extreme fear. I mean, people have been people have been afraid for two years now. Well, I'm losing patience now because of that. It's like, all right, it's been 18 months, guys. Like, let's be fucking yeah. real here. This isn't the Black Plague. So it's just the really crazy authoritarian ones. I have no more patience for anymore. Like, you've seen the shit I've been posting. Like, I don't yeah, yeah. like I will be harsh with some of them. I right. think some of these people have been people have been too nice too polite to them letting them just get away with this crap and like on a power trip you know and i think some of them really do need just to be told to fuck off and what's well, a really interesting I phenomenon because i've had i've had a lot of people in my life that like i would say are close enough to me uh that have and they like they know that i sort of i've i've been quiet largely a lot of this i've just been watching yeah and um like there's been a lot of people close to me that that know how because i i will talk to people who i know about it publicly or whatever and in conversation and they know how i think but people it's it's almost like people take this license and go like yeah if you think this way you're a piece of shit who deserves to die and i've just been like well okay i mean if, if that's how you feel about your friend that's yeah. odd um so it's just it's just strange it's almost the, the license and and I, I i remember one of the last arguments i had on facebook that that fucking rag of a social media whatever the fuck it is <laughs> don't even like start it on facebook I, yeah well one of the last arguments that i had was like this guy posted about how he and this was before even the vaccine hysteria, but it was the, it was the guy who he, he said something to the effect of, you know, I hope the people that are refusing to wear masks die. And I was just like, and this is the only argument, and I still have this argument. Don't you find it immoral to wish death on people? Yeah. It's like that meme. It's nuts, dude. What's that meme? Look, honestly, I, there's a few good memes about it, but it, it's so weird. I think I think some of them really do just can't, like people who know me too can't stand the fact that people like Brent and I broke every single rule, <laughs> didn't follow these mandates. We walked around right. in crowds of people at the freaking like Trump rally in DC, like shoulder to shoulder, almost no one yeah. with masks on. Like when it just yeah. goes without masks, went out to trains, didn't put them on. You know, yeah, that's like we, we broke 
most of these rules. I was hugging my grandma, like I was hugging all my family, like, and we're all fine. It, well, it, it yeah. corollary to that yeah. was that we were we were exercising. Yes, we were getting out in the sun. We exactly. were taking vitamin C. That's and my D. point. Is my... we were doing other things. Yes. It's not like we were just like. Yeah. Shouting, sure. yeah, no, I know, we but that, taking precautions. But, but that's my point: is like our immune systems work, and it pisses them off so much that we're fine, and that our immune systems work. And there's zero proof that anyone got sick from us at all. Yet they still believe that people like us should just be treated like second-class citizens, and we should all be lumped together. The young I, mean, I was exposed very early on, yeah. twice in close proximity indoors yep. with somebody who was mm-hmm. symptomatic, and I was fine. Yeah. Have right. you guys ever been to the Holocaust Museum in Washington D.C.? I have not. No. Not in many so, years. I used as to you live there, as you live there, yeah. As you exit the museum, there's a a quote on the wall, and um, I, I I will definitely be paraphrasing it, but it basically says, you know, first they came for the communists, yeah, and I did not stand up, mm-hmm. and then they came for you know the jews and i did not stand up and it just the goes trade on, and on unionists right yeah the trade unionists yes and then at the end it's uh you know when they came for me there was no one left to stand up for right. me That's and that exactly is how totalitarianism it. works that is how censorship exactly and, and everything ends up is like if you don't stand up well so i told this story i did uh david from havoc's podcast the other day and i told the story on there that when i was in college uh I was in a World War II history class and the teacher, there was about 40 students in the class. And the teacher asked if anyone thought that it was wrong for us to have dropped the atomic bomb on Japan and the atomic bombs on Japan. And I was the only student that raised my hand. And he said, why do you feel that way? And I said, because if you can justify doing that to someone else, you ultimately justify it being done to you. And that is how free speech works. If you censor someone and justify it in the first place, ultimately that pendulum or that hammer or whatever you want to fucking call it swings around to you and you're going to catch it too, whether you like it or not. Also, the Japanese had already surrendered. I'm just going to point that out. Oh, for sure. For sure. But (laughs) there are other reasons why we probably shouldn't have done that. Right. But you, you can't. Like you can't say, well, free speech can't apply to these people, but but I'm preserving it. It's not how that works. Who's allowed to make that decision, you know, over who oh, right. eyes and who's allowed to speak and who's not, you know? And yes, there are horrible people out there. Yes, there are racist people out there. Yes, they're gonna say horrible things, but you know, my position has always been that I would I would rather have them say the horrible things and know that there they are that's and just end up end up with no friends yeah i can identify them and then argue those ideas in the public sphere and refute them in the public sphere but if you silence them you're just going to chase them underground and they're going to fester in the darkness and it will probably only make them more resentful and and spread their numbers so sure i think it's the opposite of what you know the woke people think it's doing it's not going to make those folks go away and it's certainly not going to make them understand your side of the fence and your perspective it's going to make them resent you so right yep yeah but it's just, I hate to see the stuff that's happening in the music industry right now. And it's like, like you said, like all these bands just bending a knee, like where the fuck is rock and roll? What happened to rock and roll? Like, and, and like, it was all about fuck the man. It was all about rebelling against the system. <laughs> raging against the machine yes. is not raging for the machine. Yes, I'm just like, I, <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm living in freaking bizarro world, Andy. I don't get it. I'm just no, like, I'm, I'm with you. I, 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 I think 
well, I don't really even know what to say. Yeah, it's been, I mean, I'm going to say like just had the new album drop in August yeah. and then your tour got canceled and, canceled. and then yes. you ended up delivering pizzas, right? For income. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. For a little while. That was, yeah. that was, that was great. Again, I felt for you. I was like, fuck, Andy's out there delivering pizzas. I'm oh, like, well, dude, I was doing, doing, it, I was doing right it now. I'm like, I was doing it in Arizona in the summer without air conditioning. Oh man. <laughs> And it was like, I, and I did it like, dude, like, cause you have to use your phone as your GPS, you know, but in Arizona, I don't know if it happens to you guys in Florida, but like in Arizona, your phone overheats in your car, even because it's just like, there's nowhere to protect. You have it, you have it up so you can look at it while you're delivering pizzas. And it just right. like, your phone's just like, yeah, I can't work like this, dude. It's, it's too hot. hot. <laughs> you know? So yeah, it, it, uh, the shit you got to do, man, to survive and, and to grind. Yeah. Like, and I you know, that's out for you. I was just like, you should be on a tour bus. Why is Andy Thomas delivering pizzas? Fuck well, the government. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, it's, it's, it's life. It's just interesting with like all this touring coming up. I don't know how it's going to go, man. Cause like, there's so many, like, there were, there were a ton of moving parts before yeah and like you have you know like to go out on a tour you got to invest that you know at least thousands of dollars to do it there's a whole team that goes behind it yeah and like now it's like well you could like i mean i'm i don't know like i'm hearing more about lockdowns and shit again and it's like that's not really a world where i'm even i don't know it's like we we're doing this tour in september and it's like are are we though yeah because it, it, it feels like, like you said, it feels like any day they can just announce another lockdown and just take There's it supposed away to be again, a yeah. big Joe Biden speech about lo- a ne- new round of lockdowns coming out sometime in the next week or so. But we'll, we'll see. It's just internet rumor until it happens. Yeah. yeah, that's what I've heard as well. I like, I have to be honest, I, I have a real, I have a real fucking issue with, uh, playing segregated shows i don't think i can do that i agree i wouldn't be able to either and like i just uh yeah for me like it's just it's it's like this is like a you know especially in metal it's like moshing is really popular you know it's like you're you're sort of there at your own risk you know whether it's It's physical yeah or just like the music's gonna be really loud and you know you have to if if you are extra sensitive sound a lot of people bring earplugs to protect their ears you know like people are capable Mm -hmm. of making decisions about what's safe enough for them to participate in or not and stay home so i don't understand why there would be any need to segregate Especially when you you know start to look at the data, and a lot of the people that are getting sick are already you know at the jab. So yeah, yeah. Just, that's to me that it's, yeah. it's at your own risk, and you know take the precautions that you feel that are best suited for you. Well, you the cultists, your doctor, the cultists are convinced. That really, it's proselytized. Doesn't the, those who don't have the shot are the ones spreading it more, and you can't come because you're putting other people at risk. That's their argument. So but it's, it's not. That's not even an argument. It, to them. It's, it's not. But to them, this is the argument. It's not a matter of like, oh, well, your personal choice, my personal choice, and it, come at your own risk. Their argument is that you're putting us at risk by coming, so don't come. Stay home. But I, but I got the jab. But you're putting me at risk. Yeah. It's none of it. I mean, it, it just you know, and I, and like I said, I. I I'm not interested in arguing with anybody. I literally just to this day, I'm 30, it'll be 35 in a few days. 
I'm still only in, I, the only thing I give a fuck about is playing guitar. Yep. I don't yep. care. And like, but like, this shit doesn't make sense. It doesn't. It does, none of it makes fucking sense. So happy almost birthday, by the way. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. man. August 19th, which what's today? So seven days in seven days, I will be 35. But um, it doesn't make sense, man. So I, I said, like, like make some fucking sense. Make some sense. I sent you that, you know, that story and that the screenshots of that long thread that the drummer of the offspring wrote. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. I mean, and he even like, he couldn't do it for medical. He had a reason too. And it's just, yeah. it's wow. really sad. I'm just like, your band. Do you want to give a brief for people that are yeah, listening? Yeah. So I don't, I don't remember his name off the top of my head right now. Maybe I don't either. Look it up. But, you know, the drummer of the offspring basically was told that, you know, he can't go on tour with them because he isn't going to get the shot. And he's not getting the shot because he already had some conditions before. I don't remember what that predisposed him to possible, you know, adverse reactions to it. So his doctor advised him not to get it. Pete right? Parada, yeah. And so he wrote a whole thread about this and, and he also made his position clear. And he said, you know, I stand for the choice of people having the choice to do this or not. But he also was like, oh, well, you know, I understand my band wants to do this and we're going to part ways. And I wonder what those conversations really looked like behind closed doors, but I just, I view that as such a betrayal, man. Like the rest of the band, like the singer, he did a whole like interview and was like, get faxed. And if you don't, you're a shitty person. I'm just like, fuck you, man. It's just, I get it. You know, you just want to play guitar and I get that other people just want to do their things, but people like me, man, I'm over this shit. No, but I mean, that's, that's the point of making I'm here. I'm here for you and I'm here for people like, you know yeah i'm here to be the guy who's gonna say well you know what fuck you you betrayed your friends i think what you did is terrible and i i don't think you know i don't think some of these people deserve to have us be nice to them and polite to them anymore Sure, some of them do need to be called out i'm not calling violence and i don't look death on anyone you know and that's the difference between most of the people i know who are pro-choice when it comes to the shot and the people who are diehard with it is the people who are diehard with it. Like we said earlier, they're always like, when you argue with them a bit, they're like, oh, well, I hope you end up on a ventilator. It's like, yeah, yeah. do you hear yourself? You're over here saying that you advocate for health and people being safe and, and stuff. And as soon as well, someone disagrees with you, you wish death upon them. It's like, it's I a crime. It's a crime to wish somebody death unless you have the backing of the state. Crazy. Yeah. And then was the, uh, the drummer from Slipknot who yeah, passed so away. Joey, this is an interesting story. Yeah. And it, well, I haven't heard it, anything about that. I mean, I knew he died, but we'll fill you in on some of that. So yeah. Joey Jordanson passed away. He had um, he had transverse myelitis, which is uh, from using heroin, isn't it? Yeah, it can. A lot of things can cause it. It's basically nerve damage. Yeah. And uh, it's one of the uh, potential side effects of the mRNA vaccines. Yeah. So. Oh. Slipknot was, you know, very vocal about getting jabbed and, and being pro-jab. And then I think it was, there's like, there's a series of tweets, I don't have it pulled up, but where it kind of shows they were calling for, you know, everybody to get jabbed. And then, you know, a thing about him having this, this condition, about how this condition is possibly caused by the shots, and then the story about him passing away. So the inference is that the, you know, the fact that he had the condition was you know it was made lethal basically by by getting the jab yeah meaning he he already 
had suffered from this condition. It was one of the reasons right. to leave Slipknot too. And this is right. why it's it's so, very important, you know, yeah. you talk to your doctor because if you have specific conditions like, you know, heart disease or, you know, like something like transverse myelitis. And there are papers and we could cite them too. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like it's a very, it's, it's not something that you can just blanket you know, say everybody needs to do this because, yeah. you know, for the greater good. It's Since when has top-down medicine been a thing? Like, it's just like, like, what about the the biological needs of a specific individual? Yeah. Like, what, what, like, you're all going to, it's just, like I said, make some goddamn sense. It makes no sense. That's it why make no it make sense yeah. is like the new phrase of oh, that's, the, Blair, that's Blair White's phrase. Well, let's say it's Blair White's, but make it's it also, makes sense. It's very common on on the political right. So was it was it confirmed if Joey got the shot or not? Because I haven't seen anything. I don't think was it confirmed, was confirmed, but my suspicion is that he probably did. I don't know, and he already has this condition that. There are studies that show links to it as a adverse reaction to the shot. So if you're someone who's already had it, you're already going to be predisposed predisposed to probably having those adverse reactions if you got the shot. Right. I don't know. I imagine if he did get it, now Slipknot and these dudes probably aren't going to talk too much about that, especially if they advocate. No. But who knows if they even know about these connections in these studies? So that's the right. Other. I mean, that the thing is, it's it's very difficult to get quality information at this point um but yeah i mean back to the like you know me just wanting to play guitar it's like i I do but i also recognize that uh you know there's like i said in order for in order for art of any mentionable quality to exist society has to be reasonably balanced and healthy yeah and that's not what's happening here and it's not getting any better so like just be quiet do what you're told and hope everything goes back to normal that's just not working for me anymore and i'm sorry for, i'm so, uh, you know to anyone who would take issue with that i don't really know what to say yeah well what you say is i don't give a fuck <laughs> well yeah yeah, yeah well <laughs> it's no it's like dude i i respect it you know and like i said i i understand why it's for people like you in your position it's much more difficult to decide to do that because you know you're you also you have a band to think about other people are in that band as individuals and you can see for yourself as an individual but it is really hard to do that and not have it reflect on that entire group of other people say who might disagree Well, really but what if i look again if i look at it realistically what's happening i can i have i have two options stay home or go out on tour in a world where it's looking like in the in the majority of places, people who think like me aren't going to be allowed to attend yeah. the shows. And then, and when I say people who think like me, all I mean is people who question, people who have critical brains, which is a fucking good quality. Yeah, but also people who just want to allow people to make their own health decisions. Oh, it's yes. not a complicated. Well, that's, 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 that's part the of line. Wrong. That's the line, and I've been trying to explain that to some of my other friends too who got the shot. It's like, dude, we're on the same side. If you got the shot but you believe in my right to refuse it and the right of other people to refuse 100%. it. We are on the same side. 100%. That's what it comes down to is we do need more of those people who got it to stop trying to validate their own decision because maybe they aren't comfortable with it. Yes. But being quiet and just stepping up and saying, look, I got it and I support my friend here who does not want to have something forced upon him because that's Correct. like, right. 
the way you guys. There are a lot of those people. And there are a lot of people. There are a lot of people in the music industry that do not want to go along with this shit. Yeah. And I know that firsthand that they're afraid to talk. They need to speak, man. It's very important. It's incredible. I'm with you. I'm with you. um, But like I said, you know, you, you go play shows that are segregated where people who want the freedom, as you said, to choose what to put in their bodies and what to think aren't allowed to come. And then maybe at any minute you're halfway across the country and the country locks down and the tens of thousands of dollars or thousands of dollars or whatever the fuck you invested to go on tour, that's gone. Yep. And I know of bands that in the first lockdown, it's fucking crazy, man. When the first lockdown happened, I I know of a specific band and I will not name them, but they lost about a hundred thousand dollars and had to fly all their members back across the world. And they're still advocating for all this shit. I don't get it, man. I don't either. You got fucked. Yeah. What are you advocating for? Oh, I like getting fucked. <laughs> like I said, where's rock and roll? Well, there's this. Where is it? There's also this mistaken idea that the disease is a lot more deadly than it was because in the beginning, when people didn't know anything, the talk was you know 10% mortality rate because that was what was coming out of Italy, yes. and the media super hyped the threat. And because of that, everybody was sort of scared and they never really, I mean, people that were paying attention sort of came along and realized that, you know, okay, it's not as big of a deal, especially for younger people. Um, But there was never a sort of moment where, you know, Fauci went up on television and was like, you know, really, you know, the disease has like a 99, you know, 0.5% survival rate on average. You know, it's really only likely that you'll suffer and die uh, severe complications if you have all the you know compounding conditions or if you're very very old or immune compromised and they never was anything like that they never came out and sort of walked back all of the oh my god we're all gonna die that they had sort of presented up front and because of that you know it it makes sense that if your passion is playing guitar or playing the drums or writing music you're, mm-hmm. you're not going to be sitting here on twitter like me just like scanning for all the latest updates and <laughs> you know, like reading yeah. stupid science because it's not your interest yeah. so it, it makes sense for them to think that like, okay this is what we need to do you know this is you know it's very serious and we don't want to put our fans at risk it totally makes sense it's just now like with all the other like now that we have all this information it's it's available it's like there's little excuse for this anymore you know there's very little i I, i'm inclined to agree or i agree with you yes 18 months people like if you think we're going back to normal you don't get it just two weeks to stop the spread (laughs) you don't understand you're probably lost and and i've said it a couple times in the show now and and i'm gonna say it again and, and it's why my sort of focus has shifted and away from trying to win hearts and minds anymore i have no interest that's not going to happen yeah no interest in it if you are locked into those positions still after all this time and you don't see that the disease was exaggerated not that it's unreal we talk about that too but that the danger was exaggerated and there's plenty of evidence for that if you don't see where this is heading that it was used as an excuse to you know implement all these draconian policies and totalitarianism all that if you don't see by now I don't think there's any reaching you and I'm not going to waste my time trying to reach you. I think sadly you're right. My goal is to just find those like-minded individualists who are free thinkers, you know, critical thinkers, like you said, and and who value people's decisions and choices to make those decisions and choices themselves. Right. And I don't, I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican. I don't care if you're straight or black or Asian or whatever the fuck you are. If you are on the side of allowing me to just choose and, and, and 
letting me just be left alone, we're on the same side. That's my line now. That's my line. Everyone else, it's just like, you're my fucking enemy. If you're going to advocate for this stuff, if you're going to keep pushing this, for me to be treated like a second-class citizen, for you, for my boyfriend, for other people I know, other friends of mine, to be treated like second-class citizens, even though we're, per- we're fine, we're healthy. Some of us got sick and we're fine and we beat it and we're fine again. We're healthy. Yeah, yeah. well, that was the thing. Like, Fuck yourself. I don't have anything nice to say to those people anymore. Everyone else, I love you. Like I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Inside, that's my line. Well, you, I mean, that, that's the thing. Like, I, when I, I was, I had it and, um, or whatever, you know, I had, I, I got, but like, yeah. If, if, a, if an old person with an immune, with a shitty immune system had what I had, they probably would have had a rough go of it. They might have lived, but they would have, it would have been bad. But I mean, and he did live. That's oh, the thing. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of older people who got it and did survive. So, yeah, man. Yeah. It's, it's very death sentence. They make it seem like it's, it's the Spanish flu or like the Black Plague. Some of them really act like this is the Black Plague. It's like, well, that's like, I have an issue at this point, even calling it the pandemic. Yeah, Everybody same. calls it the pandemic. It's like, what? That's not it was a happened. bad flu season. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, you know, you have like, yeah, it just wasn't, I mean, pandemic. Like that's, I'm tired of that one. I'll yeah. put that, state that publicly. Like I'm tired of that. I agree. When I agree. the pandemic hit, what, when did the pandemic hit? I think if it was a <laughs> pandemic, and I've said this before too, everyone should know at least one person who came this close to death yeah. or actually died. Yeah. Right. And I know one person who came close and there's mm-hmm. probably other reasons for that. Honestly, Brent, I think it's because they put him on a ventilator and that actually made him worse. I mean that I think that came out pretty early on that ventilators were not the right treatment. Yes, well, we're killing more people than yes. Yes. And he was treated that way. And I think I think that made us you need an APAP or a CPAP, not a ventilator. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, besides that, you know, I know a couple of people who got sick and were fine. He also had other problems. He was really stressed yeah. out and not getting sleep. But besides that, everyone I know was fine. I don't know a single person. And I know a shitload of people. Like I've like a thousand something friends on Facebook. I haven't seen it. Like I don't know anyone who's died from this, not one person. I know people claim they know people who died, but even when I talk to them or get down to the details, they then explain, like, oh, well, they had this uh, yeah. that condition. It's Unfortunately, I think it's, I think a, a lot of the people who, that you, you would statistically find that have been labeled died of it, uh, died with it. Yes. Oh, even the CDC admitted that something like 96% yep. of the people had, you know, at least one comorbidity. comorbidity. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, what percentage was that? 96 Oh my God. 4% of the people like were actually killed by the disease. Yeah. So then how many people is that? Uh, so when you take like 4%, I did the math. It was like less than an average flu year. So it was like something like 36,000 in the U S they were like, uh, I think they're saying 600,000, the number of the official number from Johns Hopkins. But when right. you take like 6% or 4% of that, it's you know like an average flu season you know i think in 2018 2019 we had like 70,000 flu deaths and it wasn't the end of the world i have literal first-hand experience of a person dying being decapitated in a car accident and it being being labeled a covid death i have first-hand experience serious yeah crazy what these are the kind of things that have been that have been happening the entire time yeah like that I've just read about a gunshot death, I read about a, a motorcycle accident. Yeah, <laughs> but wow. So you act why? I don't. I'm not gonna. Ha- I'm not gonna ask you to get into details about that one. No, but I'm, I mean, it's just I've been watching all this the whole time and just being quiet and like, okay, 
okay, okay, okay, okay. And then it's just like, like you said, it's just, this isn't going to get any better unless we make it better. There comes to, there does come a point where it's just like, all right, you know, it's either I say something now or I'm not going to be able to say something anymore soon. And yeah. And, and, and actually, I've said it. You know, that I'm using, you know, FUD and was it fear? Was it fear, uncertainty, and division? division yeah. yeah. And that I'm using those tactics and I'm fear mongering and want to get people afraid. And that's not it. You know, I just, I want people to be informed. I want them to understand the gravity of the situation, right? Anyone, anyone that would accuse you of, who, anyone that would accuse you of fear mongering at this point, what, what was done over the past 18 that, months? That you are a fear monger? What, what, <laughs> yeah, okay, man. Opposite. Well, they'll say over the shots that I'm fear mongering. It's like, no, I'm just telling you there are things that you should know about to make an informed decision. But fear mongering, that's not what I'm doing. Make your freaking well, I mean, choice, you know? You should, you should do research before you take any medical procedure. Exactly, exactly. And, and before they give you a medical procedure, they should inform you that there are risks. Otherwise, sorry, that's a violation of the Nuremberg Code. To me, what's happening is crimes against humanity. And, and I, look, I, I've been very open about that, and it, it will piss people off. But like we've been talking about, there does come a point where you got to just say something because soon you might not be able to say something. And that's, that's coming. So it's not fear that I want to put into people, but it is a sense of urgency. Right. And I think that's what I've been trying to get people to understand. And, you know, because you, you see the things I talk about in posts, but it's like, I want people to feel that sense of urgency and that the time is, is running out. And we are coming to a sort of turning point where soon we might not be able to stand up. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, I said this in, on David's podcast as well, that like, you have to think about the children that are being born right now. Yeah. Like the world that they're about to inherit because their parents didn't fucking do anything. Exactly. And that, that to me is like, I think that's the worst part of it. It I remember I look back on my own childhood and like the fact that I, you know, or just remembering how inquisitive I was and how I had, I had a world, like my parents made sure that I had a world that I could explore, but that I was safe in that, or that not that I was safe in, but that they were, they were watching me yeah and that i could okay, go but they let you do things that were unsafe so and we I could grow and learn you know questions and i could just explore this thing that i had been born into that was like oh my god this is wild and weird and you know <laughs> what the hell yeah dude literally like yeah i like what is this though no, i don't know man oh, that's, that's a dog oh that's pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> like but I, like, think, I think keeping that that inquisitiveness is so important too. Like it gets beat out of so many kids, you know. I and still fucking have it, man. Look, my, that's my why there's so many miserable adults out there. They've lost. Yeah. They don't have it anymore. You know. My girlfriend came home the other day from work, and she was like, "Are you watching a documentary about grizzly bears?" <laughs> <laughs> yep, sure am. I just like watch live streams of bears fishing and shit. I just thought of that meme where it's just yeah. like uh, men will literally do anything like men will watch i'm trying to fill it in now men will watch documentaries about grizzly bears before going to therapy <laughs> dude I, and like i but i'm still i'm still i still feel that way and i i just like a, a child that like thinking about a kid born into a world where you can't fucking ask a question 
or have to cover dates everywhere. Yeah, I would rather. I would rather. I do feel, and that's that is one of the big, not have that happen. That is one of the biggest reasons that we we are doing this. You know, like I was a substitute teacher for many years. I worked with kids. I don't have kids. Um, I would like them eventually. That would be interesting. Um, I'm on the fence. Now, not now. I mean, I was for a while, but once I like hit 30-ish, I was like, damn, it'd be nice to have a kid, but biological clock and all of that. But I worked with kids for many years and, you know, I love kids. I think kids are great. I, I think that inquisitiveness is is almost contagious when you're around them and it, it helps that it helps keep that alive in you. And to just see all of this stuff happening, it's like... I wanted to be a teacher for a while, although I was on the fence about it for a lot of different reasons. One of them being my art career and just being afraid that I would, you know, get into that. And then 25 years would pass. And the next thing you know, like I didn't take the risks that I should have taken to make, to make my art and my creativity and those things that are really me, just like the car is you in, into a living. And then I might regret that. So I, I held off on it, but then all of this happened and it made my decision for me. I realized like, I can, I cannot be a part of this. I can't get up there in front of those kids with that thing on my face and the thing on their faces and to pretend that I'm okay with all of this and that, that it's all fine and just keep my mouth shut so I can keep my job. And it's, I can't yeah. do it. You know, well, that was, that was my initial, like when I got my history degree, everyone was like, Oh, great. Go be a history teacher. And I like, I had just done an entire history program where I was the only person who asked any goddamn questions. That's scary. And I was, and I was like, I was like, well, I don't really want to go teach kids lies. So I, and I don't want to be, I don't want to be a, a, an arm, an indoctrination arm for young children. Like I don't, I don't want to do it. So I just have a history degree. <laughs> You know, I, I still think, you know, there's value in that. And I don't regret going to college, although I hate student debt. And I think I think the system maybe needs to be reevaluated so education can become more affordable. But also when you're seeing the woke ideology and all this shit spread through the universities and it's yeah. like, I can't even advise kids anymore to go. And like I, I had like I was teaching art in high school when all of the lockdowns happened, like a long-term position. And I had a few students, you know, who asked me about this stuff and they wanted my advice, you know, should I go? Should I not go? I couldn't give them an answer. I couldn't tell them to go, you know, right. Right. I, I could tell them why maybe they shouldn't. And I could give them maybe a couple of reasons why they should, but it wasn't in me to say, Hey, yeah, do that. Because I knew, I knew the universities were changing. I knew they would, you know, just coming from an urban district, like where I came from, Elizabeth in Jersey, I knew that most of them would be straddling a huge amount of debt just to get this paper, right? That doesn't necessarily even ensure them a, a job or a career, you know? It's just, it kind of becomes more like a status symbol. And there's also nothing wrong with the kid being like, hey, you know, I just, I really like cars and I want to fix engines. And 100%. we shouldn't take that kid and encourage them in the direction to say, hey, get this highfalutin degree so you can be an academic. Not everyone's a fucking academic. You know, maybe that kid just really wants to fix cars and we shouldn't belittle him and, and down, you know, downplay him like that. He's not as smart as the kid who wants to get a university degree. So, but, you know, I was, well, that's, younger, I didn't understand that as much. So society we're heading towards, you'll have yeah. people who don't want to fix cars, fixing the cars. And you'll have the people who want to fix cars being forced to do other things. Yeah. Right? And that's kind of what we have. We are seeing that already. You know? Yes, for sure. I don't know. It's, 
I don't have any solutions. You know, I'm, I don't think it's just capitalism. And I also don't think it's just communism. I think these are really complex issues and people like, yes. to, people like to reduce them to those buzzwords. But I don't have any answers. What I do know though, is that what, like I know what authoritarianism and totalitarianism and that looks like. And I've definitely read enough and studied well, history to read those signs and to see them when they pop up and this is looking like it it's yeah. looking like it and it's been looking like it for almost two years now and something has to give because they're going to keep pushing and i think it's important for us to not let off you know to, to keep pushing back and obviously i don't mean violence i'm going to clarify that never i've i've, I've never defense I've, is one thing someone right attacking you you defend yourself but no i don't i don't think we should attack these people but we definitely need to stop being polite we need to stop dancing around the issue and not wanting to have the conversation to comply refuse to comply we you gotta just be like no i'm not they just kicked uh Rand paul off of youtube for saying that basically he was saying not he was saying don't comply with these i saw that thing they kicked him off for that you kicked him off yeah it's crazy dude they deleted his channel and it's just like so who's really like yeah. fucking like, politician? Yep. Yeah. yeah, he's speaking his his political opinions as a political actor, silencing their enemies. Silencing it their started, you know, it's, it started with like it started years ago with Alex Jones yeah. being censored off Twitter, and, and it's just all it's, these people were fine with that. They were like, "Oh, well, Alex is crazy," and this, so we're fine with that. It's like, look, like him or not, you should not be okay with this. this Eventually, they will come dangerous through. precedent. Yeah. You know, and you know what I will say about that guy. He, t- he says some crazy shit, but he was also pretty pretty spot on about a lot of- about a lot of shit, and it <laughs> and it makes a lot of these like liberally like woke left people really uncomfortable. I think to admit that, and I don't think they will admit that. Never. Well, I think a lot a lot of this stems from the fact that like people have this. It's weird. People have this sense of like this weird ego trip. This sense of like extreme self importance where their government wouldn't lie to them because <laughs> they know what's going on. I know what's going on and my government wouldn't do that because it's me. Who would do that to me? Because I'm important. I saw this saying going around on, on social media. I don't know who started this, but I've seen it repeated a few times, but it was like something along the lines of uh, people who think the government cares about them are like the guy at the strip club who the strippers in love with them. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who originally uh-oh. said it, but uh oh. What happened? No, we got you. No, I got you guys. Uh, it says, says internet, internet connection, internet connection is unstable. Is the gods us? are hating us right now because we're talking yeah, things I we're not supposed to It's the feds, dude. It's the CIA. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Our internet connection is unstable. Ah. <laughs> and look, we see you, FBI, we see you, Central Intelligence Agency. Stop fucking with us. Yeah, dude. Kidding. I mean, it's, I'm kidding. The, the problem, I mean, nobody here is advocating. Like, it's like p- people that just want to be left alone. I mean, I like my whole life, I thought that was like, I thought that was what you're supposed to want. Yeah. To be left alone <laughs> and to leave other people alone. Yeah. And I thought that was the whole thing. Like, that was the point of America for the most part. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I, I, I think you still like, America is far from perfect. I I don't, if you would argue otherwise, you, you, I, I wouldn't know, again, I wouldn't know what to say. America yeah. is so far from perfect. I agree. But it is our home. Mm-hmm. 
And if you like a person that like advocates the utter destruction of their home without a plan to rebuild it, you do not deserve a home. Very well said. And like the, the, these people are our neighbors, you know, it's like, I just, man, like the, like there's this like self-hatred that's being propagated too. It's like the fact that I'm alive is a bad thing. I, one, I'm an American or two, I, uh, I, You're I, a right straight male. Well, I emit carbon. <laughs> you emit like, carbon. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the, the every, everything. It's just, yeah. Well, no, I'm like, I'm happy that I like, I'm happy that I'm alive. And, and, and I think, I think a big part of the reason that a lot of this is happening as well is these movements appeal to people that one, aren't happy they're alive and two, don't have a connection to anything greater than them, which music inherently gives me. Yeah. But like, if you're just a person that's like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go on 4chan and sit in my house all day. It's like, you don't have a, like, you, you don't have a connection to anything other than your, your own self-love. It's a lack of meaning. There's no meaning in their lives. Yeah. So yeah. that void gets filled by these ideologies and makes them feel like they're a part of that something, you know, something. Right. But in the process, they lose their individuality. They they lose true identity by focusing on, on identity politics, and that's, that's the whole. That's the irony of it too. It's just like all this fixation on identity politics just makes them this sort of turn into this homogenous blob that spits slogans out at you, but have no real yeah. like individuality, real true identity that is unique, your own. You know. Yes. It's, uh, but I agree. I think, you know, you having music and, and me having music in my art and stuff, it's just, yeah. it, I think it makes it much easier for us to not fall for that stuff. Right. And, and to, to see it, you know, when it starts to pop up and realize like, oh, well, that's, that's looking a little, little totalitarian over there. And you guys are sounding rather all the same over here. Maybe yeah. we could get some individuality up in that. And here's my art, you know, to present that. It's interesting because like when I was younger, because I play heavy metal, I, I really, and I grew up in Catholic school. I was expelled from Catholic school. When I, was I was not expelled, but I grew up in Catholic school. <laughs> but so I, I, I grew up with a, with a unique disdain for, for religion. And as I've gotten older and I've, I've started to sort of, I'm still not a religious person. Same. I would say I'm uh, you know, a remotely spiritual person in that I have a connection to something greater than myself. I, I sense that in your music. Yeah. Um, but I would much, as I see what's happening here, I would much rather have, what would you say, a man or woman of God around me than I would those that yeah. think that they exist as that. Yeah. I've definitely found a lot more understanding and, and listening about my perspectives regarding these things from the Christian conservatives. And that's what's so crazy about it. It's because like, we're gay. We're the people that we're, we've been told our whole life like that they're supposed to hate and not want to talk to. When it's like, now I'm looking at the political spectrum and I'm looking at where we stand on certain issues. And it's just like, I'm not a Christian conservative. Like maybe I have certain positions that are a little more traditional and, and conservative-ish. But ultimately, I'm I'm a pretty open guy. I'm for like true liberal liberalism, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we're yeah. like we're libertarian or whatever, you know. And it's just to find that I'm I'm 
finding more receptivity and more open-mindedness from that side on the right than from the left is just, it blows my mind because it, it totally goes against what I grew up to understand the left was. And it's just like, wow, you guys are sounding more like the cultists now. You guys are sounding more like the religious yeah. fundamentalists, but now your religion is like trust science and or your religion is wokeism you know like you're not politically correct enough so we're going to ostracize you and cancel you or being christian is like considered like evil now like you're a white national that's weird evil <laughs> extremist and it's just like you people are nuts man it's well you know what it is it's it's that the the people at the at the at the tip of the spear are literal sociopaths yeah what sociopaths do i don't know if you've ever known one but i have and uh, I've met some, yeah. What they do is they utilize people until they're no longer useful and then they discard them like trash. They do. We have some read without conscience if you haven't read it yet. It's very good. It's like Kathy. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's happening here. It's like, it's like, uh, you know, fucking Andrew Cuomo. You know, they don't need him anymore. Yep. Yep. It's, and, and they also, you know, don't want to draw attention to the fact that he fucking is directly responsible for the deaths of thousands of people and destroying so, a city you know you partially and you're you're italian you're not perverted you touch somebody's ass now you can step down <laughs> <laughs> yeah i knew i knew some you know someone had to get thrown under the bus so the same day he yeah. steps down is when they pass the 1.2 trillion dollar uh, oh they time that package. shit they time right along stuff. right along party lines 50 49 oh they time that stuff Just really like, good oh, like call me a conspiracy theorist i don't give a fuck they time all that stuff man There's no time. i mean that's the that's the thing is like this whole the, the the whole big part of the lie is that everything is independent of everything else yeah well where where is that a thing that's that's our entire world is based on interconnectivity yes absolutely the fact that like these things are related you know it's like this this is just and that was the thing is like these people are the same people that brought you 9-11 and they're the same people that have been doing this shit for fucking decades it's the same people yep. and all of a sudden they think oh well we can trust them now because if it's different names it's same companies if it's different yeah. companies it's same companies with different names it's all the fucking same well, look at trump i mean it's like despite the fact that yes he was this kind of sand in the gears in many ways to the establishment and he was something different you know and he kind of threw a wrench into into the whole system in many ways right he rushed the vaccine now he he pushed for this stuff you know and i think a, a lot of the conservatives need to come to terms with that they need to come to terms with the fact that look despite the stuff that makes it kind of obvious that i'm not going to say the thing but by <laughs> <laughs> all of that you know, they still need to acknowledge that this guy is not your freaking savior. And in many ways, he sort of became a controlled opposition. He did bend a knee to to these companies, to Moderna, to, you know, Pfizer and all of them. So they they need to wake up too. like, you know, and, and maybe, yes, we, we criticize lefties more. And that's because they're pushing this totalitarianism more. Well, that doesn't mean conservatives are off the hook. What the fuck did they do? Well, and that's the thing. Like, shouted about it on Twitter and stuff. And but, what did they actually do? You know, and Mike Harlow, who we had on our show before, we're gonna have him on again tomorrow. He's been bringing this point up too because he was a you know a gay Republican who walked away from the Democratic Party, and he pushed for Trump, and he really was trying to get him elected, and and he fought hard, and then feels just kind of betrayed, thrown under the bus, like forgotten about by this guy. So, it's, well, I think you're you're right. You know, the two party system is. 
it's always been a sham in many ways. And it doesn't mean there aren't differences between them, but there are definitely certain similarities between them that usually align. You know, sure. With war. I, that, I think that's sad too, because like if, if, you know, there's a lot of people that would see, you know, us doing this podcast and think, well, they must be right you know righties whatever you want to say and it's just like well i you know i haven't i i'm 35 years old i have not voted in an election because the entire time i thought it was fucking bullshit the entire time so like to be labeled as something you know like that is like well fuck you i've never even voted i didn't do this and maybe maybe you know ask some ask some question as to why someone like me hasn't voted why i don't believe in the system why i think it's all a sham it's like right. instead they want to rush to put us in a box well i was in fucking 10th grade in 2001 and i, am, I remember immediately by myself as a fucking 10th grader this is the this is as a fucking 10th grader so a guy from Saudi Arabia, who lived in a cave in Afghanistan, attacked our buildings in, in New York, so we're going to war with Iraq. Oh, well, that doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, it's just, as I said earlier, and I'm not saying it from the conservative talking point, like, just make some goddamn sense, some please. Sense. Yeah, ask some questions. Why does Obama pal around with the Bushes? Why is he palling around with these people? You know, it's why is everybody it's, making such a big deal over Sturgis when this motherfucker is having a party with 600, 700 people? I think he, I think he did reduce the number or something after well, he said he did. He said he did after <laughs> all this came out. Hey, and I, I had people like saying to me, like, oh, well, no one's stopping you from throwing your party. Well, I saw that. I saw there was yeah. I saw something on CNN that that's that described that party in you know in in a in comparison to Sturgis, they said Obama's party was a sophisticated party. And that's what makes that okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's the same with BLM and then the anti-lockdown protests. It's like, oh, well. With the, leader of BLM, with the leader of BLM buying a house in a fucking rich white neighborhood. Yeah. You're a liar. Yeah. Makes some yeah. sense. Yeah. It's like, where'd all that money go, man? Well, we see where some of it went. But yeah, it does make no sense. And then to have people like say these, these things to me, like, oh, well, you can go have your birthday party totally missing the point that these are the same people who told us for over a year that if you do have your birthday party you're a murderer you're a killer you're killing grandma you're a terrible person that's the point the point is the hypocrisy i don't give a shit if obama has a party with no mask go for it do it i don't care but be consistent make it make sense don't like turn around and be like oh all these people are shitty people for for wanting to do this and you did that for a year and a half and then all of a sudden you have your party and you're shocked that people are looking at you like a damn hypocrite they don't care about us man these elites do no, not and that's, care that's actually true. even even worse than that I think many of them hate us. It's not even a matter of that they don't care. I think many of them really, truly just hate us. Yes. Hate us. And many well, are eugenicists. Taking up what's here, that then they can't have it. I think know? they're eugenicists. I think they are. And they, they have been. I mean, dude, like, and that's the Bill Gates owns most land right now. That I was just about. talking about, well, they give yeah, right. Okay, so I'll make two points here. One, if you fly across America, which I do pretty often, nobody lives there. <laughs> it's like, there's... There's like the like ninety percent of America. There's fucking nothing. You're gonna tell me it's we're overpopulated? Well, maybe there's a lot of people, but like there's there's space for more people to live if these fuckers didn't own it all. First of all, 
But second of all, I was just having this discussion the other day. I don't think enough attention is paid to the fact that like literally, literally, like in, think about this, internalize it. Think about what it might imply or probably does mean. Think about it. I'll just say it very slowly, not to you guys, but just in general. They brought all the Nazi scientists over here after World War II. Yes, they did. Paperclip, baby. <laughs> Do you think that shit just stopped? And these guys were like, nah, man, we don't believe that stuff anymore. Yeah. What does that mean? Like, they what don't. does it mean? Think about it. It's pretty damn obvious when you do think about it. And it's just like, like I said, I think they hate us. I think many of them truly believe that they are superior. They're better. And I think they want to call the herd. I think that was the point of all this. You know, it, it's just oh, look at Charles Schwab. Lockdowns. I think truly the, truly the point. That's the Great Reset guy, right? Yeah, that's the Great yeah. Reset. Truly, I do think the point of these lockdowns was to take the virus situation and make it worse, not to make it better. The point was to make sure as many people died as possible. And I know there are people who think I'm crazy for holding those positions and that I'm just a conspiracy theorist, but, and I'm not gonna say I know 100% that that is what was concocted as a plan, but man, there's so much information and data and the fact that it's still being pushed right now, almost two years later, to indicate that that is the case. It's not about our health. It's not about protecting people. It was always about facilitating more control, consolidating power, the, you know, initiating the largest transfer of wealth in history that we even know about, <laughs> right? And making sure as many people died as possible. Because they they do truly believe they're better, and they truly believe well, I mean, there's too many of us. How many there. times do they have to tell us in plain English that yeah. there's people on the planet before we go like, oh, so you actually believe that? So that's what you think, right? Because you said it over and over, so yeah. you must think that. And then but they if, turn around and take and they take health advice from those people. Back to that, <laughs> back to that self-importance thing. It's like, yeah, but they don't actually mean that about me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> They don't, they don't mean that. Like they say that they mean that about everybody else, yes. but, but they don't mean it about me. Oh, it's not me. It's them, you know? Right. Right. It's, I mean, again, just, just a little bit, you know, 10th grade Andy, like, Hey man, like this doesn't really add up here, guys. Yeah. Same. I, 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 I was asking heavy questions in high school about this stuff. So, and it's why I also avoided elections. Cause I didn't, I didn't buy it. Like I was 18 when Obama ran the first time. And I was like, I don't trust this. I don't trust it. And yeah, I thought I thought maybe McCain would be more likely to be the candidate because, you know, he's the old white guy with the military background. So I'm like, right. it'll probably pick him. But I was already in the mindset that the president was picked. Mm -hmm. And so as soon as Obama won, I knew like, all right, this guy was selected for very particular specific reasons. And then you look at, you know, who backed him up, people like Zbigniew Brzezinski and these oh, yeah these big like, you know, names in foreign policy and stuff who are members of like the Council on Foreign Relations and the Trilateral Commission. And who's that, who's that Mossad agent that was behind him? Rahm Emanuel, was it? Uh, I don't remember. No, that's but, the, like, uh, he's the, the previous mayor of Chicago. Yeah, and then people like Henry Kissinger, you know, it's just like, these are not good people. Rahm Emanuel was the previous previous yeah. mayor of Chicago? Okay. Yeah, but I think he's also in it, if I remember. No, but didn't, wasn't he on Obama's cabinet somewhere as well? Uh, he might have been. Yeah. 
but you know, back to this idea of like labeling us too, like, oh, it's a right wing talking point. I was so vocally against Bush for like all of my high school like career. Obama for two years. Yeah. Yeah. Rahm Emanuel, that motherfucker's not a good person. He's like one of those shady deep yeah. state characters. For Again, sure. these these people are sellouts. They're shills. Like, look at him hugging up on Obama and stuff. They're, they don't care about <laughs> us. They hate Photoshop. us. Yeah. <laughs> that's got to be a Photoshop. But well, yeah, I mean, that's, I think, I think that, that really, that's what I've been trying to say the whole time. I think in other words is the, the issue, uh, the issue isn't, or the problem or the enemy is not your other common people. Yeah. And and anyone who wants to like, you know, really, really take up a lot of time thinking that that's, that's what's happening here. And I'm not saying you, when you, when you argue with people or stand your ground, that's not what I mean, but like the issue and the enemy here are the people who are literally marching us towards genocide. Yeah. Like that's, that's happening. That's what it feels like. And it feels like that has already happened too. It's not just like, Marching. Yeah, more more people, sure. I think more people will die, especially if they keep the lockdowns going. Well, just imagine, you know? but just a imagine, lot of people have died already. Imagine know? what would happen if we had a real disease, a real yes. virus that yep. really like make maybe imagine if 50% of the people that were infected died. Yeah. Across the like just imagine the fascism that would come and how oh, fast it would come. It would come very quickly because and they've already primed us. Yeah, that we've been primed. We've been primed. So. And, and that's that I mean, it's it always remains a possibility. It they, does. Like we could always just have some new crazy thing crop up so it's it's just very it's very interesting times to be alive <laughs> that's fucking understatement that's for sure <laughs> no it's a it's a crazy time to be alive but you know people need to be asking these questions they need to be having these conversations and and realizing that it it's affecting society as a whole it's ripping families apart it's ripping friendships apart it's ripping bands apart it's just something has to give you know something has to and i just like i hope this conversation gets to certain people and i hope it gets to to other musicians in fact and maybe inspires them to say something to speak out you know to stand up whether they got the shot or not to take this stance and say hey we can't allow them to establish an apartheid society between those who get a certain medical treatment and those who don't there's something inherently wrong with that and if we allow this to happen like you said we are going to create a society that is not even worth living in anymore and what are, right. what are the kids going to inherit, man? They're not going to have rock and roll. They're not going to have fun at music concerts anymore. They're, no. It's just like, and if they do, they're going to they're gonna have to bend a knee, bow down, put that fucking thing in them, and just give up their bodily autonomy so they can be allowed the privilege of enjoying. They won't, they won't have that. They will have paintings of men in military uniforms. And it's getting there, and it's just, it. I wish more people understood, you know, and... I try to not let it get to me so much, but it does, you know, it does get to me. I'm going to be doing this shit, you know? And it's just, I wish there was more I could do. Like I, well, I mean, I think, I think you, uh, I think you're doing good. I think both of you guys are doing good. I just hate it. It really fucking pisses me off. Oh, I wish, I wish I didn't have to, I wish I didn't have to think about this stuff. I was having a conversation with a musician friend of mine today. He's like, I don't even want to hear the fucking word COVID anymore. I don't, it just makes, it creates a reaction. Yeah. And I'm tired of it. Yeah, it's, well, it's that, and that's you know I was talking to my dad the other day, and my dad's like a very big fan of my music and stuff, which 
I'm lucky for, but he was like, you know, Hey, are you working on new music? Like, what are you doing? I'm like, man, what this, there's no inspiration. This shit is so boring. What am I going to write about? Am I going to make a COVID album? Like, come on. Man. <laughs> well, I think boring. I, I think I'm going to disagree a little bit there. Um, I feel you. And I get, I get, I, why. I, I think, I think there's a lot to write about right now. And I think maybe just the frustration is, is damning up that's you know the well of, of inspiration right now but i think you know once once this starts to really come to a head like you're gonna have plenty of shit to write about you know and me as an artist and as a poet and stuff like i haven't written very much about this stuff i've painted some things but writing wise i haven't really been writing and i just i feel like it's not that i'm not inspired i just feel like i'm still collecting i'm still gathering i'm still processing that may be you might be right about that like i put the manhattan poems out at the beginning of the lockdowns yes right and on this stuff and you know and you put out violent portraits at the beginning of the lockdowns too even though you wrote it prior to all this stuff happening and after that, it's just since then, it's just been a freaking wild ride, especially for me in my personal life. And I feel like I'm still gathering material. I'm still processing. And, and I know and I know once the time does come, like a book's going to pour out of me, you know, and I, and I think it's the same for you. I think there, there's, it's going to come. That time's going to come and you're going to sit down. You're going to reflect on all this shit. And it's not going to be the COVID album because it's just so much bigger than a virus, right? Right. But I think it's going to pour out of you. I hope you're right, man. I think it will. How could it not, man? How could it not? Yeah, I mean, you're probably, you, you probably are right. <laughs> like you said, it's like, it's what you do. It, it's, it's in you to be creative. And I think just right now we're living through such a crazy time that, yeah, it's, it feels disheartening. Like it almost feels like selfish to be doing art while all of this shit is happening around us and i think that's yeah. what we did too you know it's like i i want to feel like i'm doing something and it's part of why we started this you know because it's like this is what i can do you know and then i can still make my art and at least feel like i'm not just sitting around ignoring everything and making my art it's like i'm, I'm trying something else right i'm speaking i'm talking I'm, I'm trying to raise awareness or whatever if that even fucking does anything you know i don't know um, you know, dude, I did uh, I did that podcast with David from Havoc. The other, oh, yeah. I didn't listen yet. I got to check it out, though. Yeah, but I mean, uh, I've had multiple people, probably about a dozen people hit me up and go like, I didn't listen to your band before, but I definitely do now. Nice. So. They're out there, man. They it does have an effect. And, they're, and like I said, I talk to people in the, I talk to well-known musicians all the time, and they feel this way but they're afraid. And, and that's, you know, I can say that with absolute certainty. Yeah. You'd be surprised or maybe you wouldn't, but well, you, you can tell me in private. We don't have to name yeah. anyone here. Oh, I wouldn't, but I mean, I, I believe you. I do believe you. And I do think they're out there, but, but like, and that, and I've had this conversation recently, like you might want to, you might want to start to talk about it now because you're, you're not what, like I said, you're, you're not alone. Player. Yeah. Music career isn't going to mean anything if this if, if you this can't have it yeah <laughs> yeah there might not be anything left to even fight for by the time we get there and then and then if you're allowed to have your music career like you said there there are going to have many fans who become ostracized from mm -hmm. seeing them and they you shouldn't be okay with that you know like like no, Foo, the Foo fighters like 
Fuck the Foo Fighters. I'm over it. Dave, <laughs> Dave Grohl, you can go suck a big ass rotten dick. I'm over this shit. Yeah, no, that's that was. What happened, rock and roll. What happened? You were in Nirvana, dude. Like you're like yeah. you're like one of the legends, and you go and and you do this shit. You're gonna say, oh, I'm gonna segregate my fans, and then they have to cancel one of their shows because one of them caught COVID. It's karma, you know. Yeah. Karma. Yeah, it's really. I mean, that's, yeah, that's not, that's not rock and roll. And I know that like people use that, like, well, that's, that's a really, that's really a, a, a not serious a thing to say or whatever, but like literally dude, like, yeah, it's just not like rock and roll traditionally isn't sterilized or like, it's basically like, I feel like going to see shows if nobody, if nobody like does something here, like just, and by do something, I just mean like, no, I'm like, like, just refuse to comply. Yeah. And make your voice heard, you know, refuse to comply, have these conversations, even if you're not having it in this way, but right. at least have it with your friends and family and like, don't just say nothing, you know? Well, it's, yeah. And that's what I mean. If like, that doesn't happen, like live shows pretty shortly here are going to be like, uh, you know, uh, like if you, if you said to yourself, like, I want to go see some wild lions in Africa or something on the Savannah. Like, like I'm, I really want to see these lions and I want to see what a real lion is. And then you go to like Ohio to some crackheads fucking field where he's got like two emaciated lions <laughs> like dog food too, and then want to eat him. Some tiger King shit. Yeah. yeah. And then you're, you're, like, you're like, well, I saw lions. Like, no, you did. No, you didn't. So yeah. I mean, I feel like analogy. Yeah. I mean, it feels like that, man. It feels like that. And it's, it's just so disheartening to see, like, I'm not going to name drop any more bands either. Cause I don't want to do that to them, but it is really disheartening to see a lot of my favorite bands, like musicians that I just, I respect so deeply as artists, just bend a knee and just cave to this stuff and to put up no resistance at all, or to not even at least ask a question about like whether or not this is right. And we should be encouraging more of it. It's just, it's so disappointing. It's just so disappointing. I don't, I don't know. Like, cause these are the people who I did expect to kind of stand up more and be like, even if they were Democrats to at least be like, all right, well, that's my line. You know, like, I understand we have to keep people safe and stuff, but we are not going to force people to get this to come to our shows. The fact that they're not even saying that it's just like, it's so disappointing, man. Like, I mean, that's the drive and that's, that's, there is a, there is a somber element of this to me big time because I have that same drive. It's like these guys and gals just want to be able to do what they do. I get it, man. And they will do then they will do that almost, you know, they'll do almost anything for that. And, and I get it. And that's why I say this is a bit somber for me because I'm recognizing that like, I want that same thing, but I can't do it. Yeah. I can't do it with, and because I think it's important at the end of it all to have integrity. And that's, you know, they don't want to make a sacrifice at all. And I think, well, that sacrifice is so huge. Though, it's man. huge. I understand that, but it's just like, and and I'm not defending them, but I understand that. I say, you know, and, and it's the same thing. Like when I criticize them, I am criticizing them from a place of respect. It's why I'm so disappointed because I respect right. these musicians so much and what they do, but it's the same for like, you know, nurses and stuff who like got us through this whole freaking thing. And we like, oh, now they're praising them. And now if you choose to not get something that's still experimental and you say, Hey, I don't want to get it. And it doesn't matter what your reasons are. 
Like you shouldn't even have to fucking explain your reasons. If you don't want it, you don't want it. And to try to coerce and convince someone into it and pressure them, like that feels rapey to me. And then to say you're, it, and then to say you're not allowed to work anymore. And not just nurses, like teachers, like they're pushing this shit everywhere. Firemen, you know, one of my best friends is a fireman, and he's, you know, he's worried now in, in New Jersey that they're going to mandate it there for him. Right. And it's just like. And people like firemen are some of the healthiest people, dude. Like they're fit. Like they have to bust down windows and break into buildings and shit. Like, and he said it's like a split. Like half of them are got it or want to get it or whatever, and like the other half of them haven't and don't want to. So it's just like, what are you gonna do? Fire half the firemen? Like, literally, yes, literally, they will. They probably will. And it's just the irony too. Like Eric July has pointed this out. Um, He's a, like a libertarian uh, guy that we follow. He's, point, he's pointed this out on his page recently, but it's just like, how does it make sense that in the middle of a supposed crisis where the hospitals are going to be overflowing, we're trying to fire a bunch of nurses and people because they don't get the shot? Like, think about this shit, people. That's what I'm saying. Is well, it doesn't make sense? Doesn't make sense. No sense. It makes no sense, and it and it and it should make you question the agenda here. It should make you question the motivation. Why are they pushing this so hard? Why? And if you're not asking that, you're by now you're lost. I think so. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're not. Maybe you saw this. Someone out there happens to be listening or watching this, and we did change their mind. And if so, like that's great. But I'm not expecting it anymore. You know? No. I mean, really, dude. Like, if you if you've observed the past, you know, 16 months or 18 months, two years, whatever, however long this shit has lasted. If you observe that at this point and you don't have any questions, <laughs> I don't know what, okay, fine. Well, Brad, you talked about this before, but like some people just don't seem to even be capable of critical thought. Yeah. Well, it's something I noticed as I was spending, I spent a lot of time on Twitter in the last maybe 18 months, two years. And it just seems like, besides the fact that there are a lot of bots and paid propaganda shills, oh, yeah. accounts, there's just a, a certain percentage of the population does not have the ability to think critically, to think independently, to have self-awareness. These are rarer traits that not everybody has the same extent for. And there's going to be a certain percentage of the population that will just you know, based on their prior programming, their prior exposure, their upbringing, they'll just follow that herd, that tribe, and they don't have the ability to self-reflect, to question, to break away, and to do the hard thing. It's just, it's not within them, and it's just, that's just the way it is, and we, we have to understand that, and, you know, I think it, it means that we have to value the capacity for critical thought and independent action and self-reflection a little bit more than we have been as a society because we've just been sort of assuming that everybody is capable yeah. of these things when they're not. And recognize the people who are capable of it. And, and even if they haven't totally seen what's going on yet, to realize when, when someone at least has the capacity to see, you know, and th those are the people that I'm, you know, doing this for, that Brent and I are doing this for, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't expect everyone to wake up. I long ago let go of that idea many, many years ago. There won't be some mass consciousness awakening and you, you can't just have a bunch of hippies and sit and boat a mantra and concentrate on their crystals and all of a sudden like the evil in the world is somehow going to go away. It's not, that's not how this works, you know, and spirituality is more than 
quoting a mantra and thinking positive shit. Like you have to acknowledge the negative. You have to shine a light on the evil. Well, the evil of the world exists in every one of us yes. as well. And yeah. you must make conscious decisions to do things that you know are right yeah. and not wrong. And, see, and that's see the capacity, at. like you said, see it in yourself, like that you could be that, you know? It's like, it's time to, to, to do what I feel is right. And if I'm wrong, then I'm just another kook. And I that's hope we're wrong. But I, I hope we're wrong. I'm right, right. We're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, <laughs> we are in a lot of trouble. But I want to be wrong. I want us to be wrong. That's yeah. the thing is like that these people don't, a lot of the people who argue with me don't seem to understand. They, they think I'm identified with these ideas or conspiracies or whatever. And it's just like, I'm not. I'm willing to shift my positions. And I have shifted my positions in many ways throughout my life. But like when it comes to this now, this clearly obvious totalitarianism i hope i am wrong about it i want to be wrong so badly about it but it's not it's not feeling that way and i've also i've come to realize too that the more a person thinks that they probably wouldn't have been a nazi during world war ii or wouldn't have like stood with them or or would have spoken out or like or just would have hidden like or, or would have hidden Anne Frank in their attic and they would have been the ones to do it. The more certain a person is that they would have been the hero, I'm convinced the more likely it is that they wouldn't have been. Because that capacity to for evil, like you said, is in us. And right. you need to recognize that first. You need to recognize, I think Jordan Peterson has mentioned this many times, but you need to recognize the fact that you probably would have been statistically. It's very yeah. likely you would have been. And if you can get to that point to recognize that in yourself, I think you're on the right track. Mm -hmm. But anyone who's really certain and so sure that they're on the right side of history and all of this and that, oh, I'm not the Nazi. I'm, it's definitely not me. It's probably you. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> No, you're not wrong. Oh, man. Um, we're at two hours and 10 minutes. We're at two hours. I just want to keep talking, actually, which is crazy. <laughs> we should call it soon. I think before we call it, though, uh, I did want to get onto something. We'll get away from this crap because God knows. It's lot. boring. I'm bored. Talk All of us have else. been talking about this crap for so much that it is get boring. I want to talk a little bit, and we'll end the show with this, about violent portraits of doomed escape and, sure. and you know, where, where that came from because – Man, that the album really struck me, man, when I heard it. And like, like there, there were parts of that record that made me cry. And it's just like, well, I'm not used to like an, like a metal album making me cry. <laughs> but clearly, uh, like you went through a lot of shit for that album to manifest. And so did James. And, and I'm sure the yeah. rest of the band too. So maybe, uh, you know, talk a little bit about where it came from. That album... Um... I guess as the, to use the word that you used, which is a good one, that album manifested um, at least musically it, it took, it manifested between 2017 and 2019. Uh, but the, the, the lyrical concepts and stuff that took place or that manifested in 2000, 2019 and that was during a time where I it was a very transitional phase for me and I was moving <laughs> that's from, a crazy year I was well I was moving from uh probably the most unhealthy three years of my life in every way to into 
a healthy relationship. I moved across the country and um, I was trying like hell to figure out how to be a more integrated adult, whatever that means. That means different things for everyone, but I, I know what it means. For me. I get, I think I get what you mean. Exactly. And, and I, I, that album literally is just me shedding like fucking 33 years worth of shit. And uh, I did it. And I don't, I don't know how exactly. And I don't like, I've, it, I mean, literally that album, it, I, I don't really like, I don't like discussing the meaning of lyrics. You know, I think you can probably understand that. I like, I would like people to draw their own conclusions. I think that's more potent for them. Um, but like, it's largely autobiographical and just, uh, it was a way for me to sort of close the door on an, an entire long chapter of my life which was pretty much all of it yeah and after i did that uh my life improved in many ways uh my relations with my family uh it, you know like i said i'm very close to my family like and the, one of the main reasons i'm so close to my family is because we've been through so goddamn much together yeah is that what trauma bonds is about absolutely yeah because yeah. that, that's the song that made me cry like that like and it's so weird because it's like it's a sad song and it's also angry like it, it makes me sad but it also I feel the anger in it too and I just think it it blends what metal is supposed to do with yeah something that, else you know that metal doesn't yeah. typically do that song is sort of a representation of what my family could have ended up as but did not thankfully yeah I, um but yes, I, you know, and, and, you know, my life improved. Like I said, I'm in a healthy relationship, um, you know, and uh, I live in a place that I love and, you know, and that's another thing It's like just in time for all that to happen, you know, I, I, I see a, a slow crawl of totalitarianism and it's like, well, I can't, you just can't allow that to happen. I mean, not to, to go take it back to that. No, I understand. So, I mean, but yeah, you don't want to lose this beautiful thing that you've just found, you know, and you don't yeah. see it get taken away from you and to not be able to like raise a family in, in a nice world. And yeah, yeah. And I want, you know, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, that's what that album was, you know, it was, it was very powerful for me, uh, but also it was really heartbreaking to, to release it to nothing, not nothing. You know, it's not nothing because no, it, it's it, not nothing. We heard it, man. I heard it. People. Yeah. I mean, it, it. just to, to just release it and then not be able to play it. And that's what's so Such important. A, yes. Musicians, it's like, it's way more important than the writing of it. The writing of it is, is that's like a piece, obviously. And obviously you have to write the music, but it's the living and the being of the music. The music has to be, it has to breathe, it has to live. And for most musicians that I know, they live for shows. They love to play shows, despite stage fright, despite all of that. It's oh yeah, I mean that's that's know? something I still yeah. So it's that was shared crazy. energy. It's that shared experience, and it's exactly. like directly bringing the music to people in person is so it's important. 
you know, and to have that taken away, like, I, like I said, I felt for you, man. I, I thought it was so fucked. Yeah. I, it, it, it was definitely, I mean, it was just literally for me, it just felt like, well, here you go. Okay. Poof. And that was it, you know? And, uh, you know, you talk to people in, on your team in the industry and they're like, well, you know, you just, it wasn't a loss. Cause you know, you, you just chalk it up to, to a freebie, you know, you don't have to worry about how the album did because you don't have to worry about jockeying to get on tours. You don't have to do it. It's just like, well, that's not really what that is to me. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, you know, and it, it looking back at the time we were deliberating on whether or not we should wait to release it. And I think about that now, the hilarity of that, we'd still be waiting. You'd still be waiting. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. It's funny to think yeah. about. But it's, but it, two weeks though, right? Two weeks to flatten the curve. Two weeks. But, you know, you, you did, you guys did get a great reception on it. You know, I know there was a few write-ups and, and stuff and I read some, some pretty glowing reviews of the album. It was well received, you know, but yeah. I, I get what you mean. It's like, you need to test that music out to live crowds. Like that, yeah. that's the real true test, I think. Yeah. Of and a well-composed piece of music is just to bring it directly to people and to have them experience it, not just hear it on their headphones. And that energy exchange is a very real thing that you brought yeah. up, um, which that's what everyone's afraid of losing, I think, but also what everyone stands to lose if they don't realize that they're about to lose it. Yeah, man. And it's like inaction through the fear of something that is happening whether you whether you like it or not so i don't know how to just that's weird but yeah makes sense in my own head <laughs> no, i understand what you mean and all right i guess we'll wrap it up there like i said i think we i could keep talking i could probably talk to you for hours we didn't even get into all like the different music and stuff that we like we, we talked talk about some of that <laughs> we can totally have Andy back again yeah no we'll, we'll have Andy back on again and I'll, even do, I'll do it again soon dude yeah maybe, maybe next time we have you on we'll try to focus less on this bullshit and maybe i'll be down for that yeah, and talk yeah, more about yeah. culture talk more about like albums that we like bands that we like you know and um, yeah, definitely like them. Them. we could do that in like two weeks if you want sure. i don't care yeah. where, so where can uh, people find you yeah where uh where's your, your social, social media youtube channels oh no no you can't you just look you'll find it <laughs> yeah I, I mean well i don't i personally you guys know i just use instagram but my that's my personal thing but like instagram black crown initiate facebook i assume i haven't used fuck i haven't used facebook in like a year yeah. i think it's facebook you're not missing much. I was, I'm sure that's true. <laughs> but yeah, Facebook, Black Crunch. I think we have a Twitter. BC. Yeah. You do follow me. It's James at, does at BC Initiate. And then on Instagram, it's just at Black Crown Initiate. And <laughs> you yeah. know all my handles better than me. I know your handles better than you. And oh, if you yeah. want to find Andy on Instagram and stalk him, it is at that Andy Thomas. That's so. correct. Yeah. But dude, thanks. Thanks so much for coming on and, and talking to us. And, you know, I think I think you're an awesome person. That's, that's thanks, man. I think you guys are awesome too. I think you're smart. You know, I, I know you downplay your own intelligence. All the time, but well, I, I you know you ask my significant other about that. I think you're a smart guy, and I think you know you're. Ask her about the time. Ask her about the time I lost two dogs in a one bedroom apartment. Fuck. <laughs> We'll get her on next time. You guys can see. Oh, she can tell you. She, tell you she, said, she said she was at work yesterday and somebody came in and because I work for her, I bartend for her. Nice. And, uh, 
<laughs> regular couple came in and they were like, is Andy always like that? Is he always like funny and weird like that? Or does he just do that for work? And she was like, no, that's, 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 that's just, it. she had a, she had like a, like a, like a bruise on her face the other day. And like, we went out to lunch and I just kept going like, I'll give you something to cry about. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's just seriously, man. I, I think, I do think you're a brilliant guy. I think the music you write is, is impactful. It's, it's creative. It's, it's important. You know, I think it has what I like to call staying power. That's something I, I, I like to use that phrase. And that, that applies to novels. That applies to paintings. And it does, dude. Yeah, there's. It has staying power. I think people will remember it. You know, as long as the world is still here, at least. If it well, that's what we have to. That's what we have to yeah. make certain of here. And well, there's something that we're controlled to. You know, a bunch of comets could smack into it, and we're just done. But as long as as long as we're here and society's still functioning, and we're still online, and all that's happening, and we're moving in some kind of direction, people. Will I think remember, if we. Right? If we uh, I think if we stay home then the comets won't matter if they strike. If you're in your house, then you'll be, you'll be fine. Totally safe and get the shot too. It'll protect you. And it also, if we cancel the comets, that won't, then they can't hit us. They can't cancel cancel them. Just cancel those darn comet supremacists. All right, guys. Thanks for for having me, dudes. Andy, thanks for coming on. Final portrait of escape. Go fucking listen to it. We'll do it again soon. Yes. Thank you guys.